This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Comic Book Click at tpublic.com. Visit tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click to get exclusive one-of-a-kind merchandise including shirts, stickers, and phone cases all designed by us. Get your hands on the latest and greatest in comic book merchandise by going to tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. out there in comic book land my name is george serrano aka the don and if you're listening to this you could only be here for one reason and it's a brand new episode of the major issues podcast the official podcast of comicbookclick.com and as always i'm never alone sir please introduce yourself i am dan the comic book man dan the comic book man is here in studio and we are here to dive deep again we're, we're returning to the dark uh catacombs that is DC's Black Label, a label uh, brought from up from the ground by DC, to, promising to bring us more adult content. And uh, the book that we're going to tackle today is the first book published under DC's Black Label imprint, was Batman this, is White this the, Knight. The inaugural comic? Yeah, this was like, I remember this being um, advertised in, you know, in the back of comics as this is coming, this is going to be the first story. Um, and so I waited for all the issues to come out before I jumped onto the story. But main reason why I wanted to cover this story is because in two weeks, we're getting our first blockbuster comic book film in Birds of Prey. And I decided that this story gives us uh, an even di- a more different version of Harley Quinn. Oh, I think this is the best version seen. of Harley Quinn. To me, this is the best version that I've seen of Harlan Quinzel. Like. Now, what's interesting is I did not tell you to go into this story looking for Harley Quinn or that. No, this, this is just, she was just the character I took out. To be in, in Harley Quinn, right. Um, and, yeah, I, I was surprised upon rereading it. I, I liked it the first time I read it. I know definitely, I, you know, I was down for it. And on this reread, it, it's a mini movie and it almost exemplifies everything that's great about DC's continuity and history and all the things that you remember. It reminds you, I mean, it rewards you for remembering things. And stuff, um, but without any spoilers, how do you feel about the story? How do you feel about Batman White Knight? Oh, oh, like you said, mini movie in my head. This is this is probably one of my favorites so far that I've read of a an Elseworlds type Batman story. Like as long as it's not like the like main continuity Batman, I'm down for whatever you're doing in this. And yeah, every issue was just a treat. Every everything was a page turner. Every uh, like ending was just a cliffhanger ending where I need to read more. I need to read more. So many amazing moments. I could not put this thing down. You've got at least three dark label books underneath. <laughs> you know, under your uh, oh Batman too. Yeah, Joker. Yeah. Just straight. What Joker. What do you think about uh, the imprint as a whole? What do you think about? I mean, first of all, I'll say what hasn't come to mind yet, but it probably will come to mind soon. In the sense that. We can tell other stories with other people under this label. I mean, we we truly, truly can. You're you're not even wrong. We, we don't I mean, have to have them solely Batman stories. Not only that, but almost solely Joker stories. 
That's almost, true too. Almost solely, like he is the he's the character that's permitted to do these. It's very like they're afraid to go and... dark with certain characters. Like, come on, give me a give me a give me a black label Wonder Woman. Why and not? If, and if it's if it's um, Elseworlds, it really shouldn't matter. Yeah, it's, it's not the it's, definitive versions of anybody. Exactly. So it's non-canon. Yeah. So whatever happens here, there's no consequences. There is none. So just just do it. Just. Give us any give us a question. Can you imagine how awesome a question? I think they might be working on something like that for black. Like people. a like a question, John Constantine team up. Yeah, or a Constantine <laughs> a Swan trench, thing team up. It's a lot of trench coats in that situation. <laughs> I'll take all the trench coats in the world if it means that I don't have to read another Batman Joker, like nuanced type story like this. Yeah, because I really, I as much as I loved Joker, I didn't need. Like that, that was like this, it was like watching the movie Joker, but if and, Heath Ledger had his own Joker movie. And what's interesting is once you're done with this story, Joker is kind of a bit player in this entire, you know, him and Batman are kind of played against each other. We won't get there yet, but like when push comes to shove, the two people you think are having this war with Gotham are being played on the outside. And I thought that was really, really interesting. Um, so White Knight's an eight-issue comic book. Uh, limited series written and illustrated by Sean Murphy doing both of them writing and drawing he uh, did do the drawing here yes oh for not I knew it I knew the second I saw the second cover I'm like yo Murphy you're doing your wait a minute no that, he's the writer let me see who's illustrating he did both then god damn he did his thing here let's talk a little bit about those uh those designs it, were there any that stood out to you as far as um some of the stuff that Sean did like I dug, um, I dug the weird Batman pants. Like he has like these long hiking pants. Oh yeah, it, it kind of looked like a one, like a onesie, like a yeah. this big gray onesie with a black bat on it. That was pretty cool. I really liked how Batgirl's design looked overall. Um, Mister Freeze. I thought that oh, really I cool. loved Nightwing in a in a cop outfit. Yeah, like the Nightwing, like uh, what the domino what, mask? The domino, that's what they're called, domino yeah. mask. It's a his domino mask, with like the the o, the GTO, yeah, uh, the vest. vest. Yeah, yo, so and same for Batgirl, yeah. Batgirl with the black and yellow like '90s cartoon Batgirl, but with a cop Kevlar. Yeah, that stuff was dope. And Batman's almost dri- dri- drawn to be like this beast, like this. He really does humongous hulking, uh, uh, character. So I thought that was really really cool. Um, uh, more um. That one panel, I'm trying to look for it right now, but uh, Joker, about Jack standing outside of Blackport with all the audience, and he's running for oh, councilman, yeah. and there is the big Jack Napier councilman banner oh, behind yes, him. Yes, that was very. And that's even the. Yeah. I think that was even the cover of issue four. If the, I have to look, the splash page from issue one of, um, it's not him that I'm worried about or whatever, and they go and it's like all the Joker moments on one page. It's like uh, and Hardy's like crying blood. It's like a weird. Um, here it splash is. Splash page. This yeah. giant Napier, like I very love it all. um, uh, Citizen Kane with the yeah, big, it, yep. with the big uh, character and name. Um, he looks like one of those like politicians that are out now, like the Pete Buttigieg, like yeah, yeah, like yeah. them just doing their thing. Um, so I I thought initially this was going to be kind of clean cut. Um, and it's clean cut in the sense that you can tell the story narratively you know just plot driven i what i was surprised about is how many different questions it makes not only the characters in this story um answer for the first time but it forces us to answer 
um, or ask ourselves certain questions about Gotham, about Batman, about the police, all oh, these things that we've never had to question before. Raises so now, many great questions. Yeah, now we definitely have those questions there. Especially with the prison reform and rehabilitation. Yeah. Like, can, doesn't matter how bad of a past they have, can they be habilitated if they want the treatment? Yeah. Because it's shown here, Jack wants his treatment. He right. needs the pills. He needs to prove that he can save Gotham. He and needs- it's Batman's level of, or his idea of redemption that allows a lot of these villains to live. Because if he thought that they were irredeemable, he would just kill them on the spot. That was the whole purpose of him, letting them live, that anybody right. can change. And they, get, they go to the system, a system that he trusts. So he arrests them. He brings them to the GCPD. GCPD tries them. You know, like they bring them to court, trial. I have my rights, got my lawyer, all that kind of stuff. If they fail in that sense... If the GCPD fails or if the court system fails, then that's failings of the system. They're not failings of Batman. So Batman's job is just to wrangle them up and put them through the He's a bounty hunter. He's, a, he's, he's yeah. nothing more than a glorified masked bounty hunter. Yes. And so he's, his job is not to be judge, jury, and executioner. His job is to grab those that are seemingly have fallen through the cracks of the legal system um, where GCPD can't go and try to wrangle them up and try to do something about them. Um, and so we already knew early on that this was going to be that the main premise of the story was going to be reversing the roles of Batman and Joker, uh, trying to make Joker the hero and Batman the villain. But um, Sean Murphy's goal was to depict a more realistic take on Gotham City itself, where cr- crime just can't be stopped by a fist. <laughs> well, this kind of does remind me of a Gotham City in Dark Knight Rises. Yes, in a sense where this that th- this is like a, a city, not a city, or in just in the times, but... trilogy, in the sense that. It's a city fully realized. Yes. Like, it's not just the mayor and the commissioner and Batman. Like, there's people. People live here. Especially when you talk about Batman Begins, where you're literally going through the streets of Gotham. And it's yeah, you city. don't get Batman until, like, 45 minutes into in, into both of the first and the last movie. Like, you yeah. spend a long time learning the citizens of Gotham before you watch the Batman that's, action. That's a lot of what people like about that film, is that Gotham is a character in itself. And a lot of Batman's I always work, felt Gotham, Gotham a was a character. Yeah. There's nothing more important than knowing about the Narrows, Blackport, or the corruption in the GCPD. The fact that we all know that the bat signal is on the roof, but but Commissioner Gordon is very silent about the fact of are we teaming with Batman? Right. Like, how can you be no comment on if we're in a partnership with Batman, but willingly know that the bat signal is on top of yes, the police you're building? The one flipping it at one point, at some point. There's a level of culpability that you can't ignore. You yeah. can't ignore that. There's, yeah. no, there's no pos- there's no probable deniability. Oh, you and that's in the, that's why I love this book because there's issues. That, there's panels that show Gordon like, listen, man, you're giving me no other options. You're tying my hands and then asking me why I'm like fidgeting. Like, yeah. Um. So yeah, big thing. Joker's named in this book. Jack Napier is one of the very few stories, if ever, he has been given a name. Um, how do you feel about Jack Napier being his name? This is the name he was given in the 1989 Batman um, film. That's the name that the Joker was given. Um, I, really, I, I dug it because, once again, like you you initially told me that this is an Elseworlds story, so anything in here doesn't matter. Yeah. You tell me something is, in, is, is non-canon, I'll accept anything you throw at me. You could tell me that Joker's real name is... Fairy gone Jarnes, and I'll be like, yeah. okay, it doesn't matter. It's an Earth... a German space explorer. It doesn't really yeah, matter. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't yeah. matter because it's not the Joker that I know killed Jason Todd with a crowbar. This Joker might have killed a Jason Todd with a crowbar, but I know that this is this Joker. This is that Joker. Yeah. Um, what's weird though is that the world that that we inhabit when we go into, uh, you know, White Knight, 
is a seems to be a, a, a amalgamation of both the move the Batman movies, the four right. So Batman, uh, Batman and Robin, Batman Returns, and Batman Forever. This story seems to be a continuity from that universe, as well as the animated series, which kind of makes sense because um, the animated series kind of sort of branched off of Batman Returns. So throughout this story, there are various storylines, panels, um, um, interactions that are straight from the animated series, acting as if all those events just... So then over. Sean Murphy really did his homework, basically. Yeah, it, it's just weird that he took, like, the two, literally, the the two continuities where the threads were dropped. Yes. Because after, post-Batman and Robin, no one was talking about that continuity of that Batman and that Gotham. And post the animated series, we have Batman Beyond, which is that continuity. But that's still, like, 100 but, years into the future. Right, like, right. No one was dealing with, like, the repercussions right then and there, right after, that kind of stuff. And obviously, this is not exactly right after Batman Beyond or right after, oh, sorry, right after the events of the animated series or right after the events of Batman Forever. But I did have a lot of fun um, looking at the little bits that they did call back to. Are you ready to dive into this story, Let's Dan the Comic Book Man? do this, Brutus. So I got basically a bare bones synopsis of this story. We'll be going through um, issue by issue uh, and stopping to ask the real, the real tough questions in this world. But um, the, our story opens off or opens off, starts off in the present day where we see uh, the Batmobile driving around what looks like Arkham or Blackgate. Do we have a definitive answer for that? Is uh, that Arkham? It, yeah, it says right here. Arkham Asylum. Ah, Arkham, yes. So, um... And I love this whole, like, has the bats just floating around. Well, the scene looks similar. It looks like a, the beginning of any Batman movie. This looks like the beginning of any Batman episode. Yeah. Oh, the animated series, right. You have that as well. Yeah. And so, you, we're all assuming, as literally there's no reason, like, you can bet all your money that the person in the Batmobile most likely is Batman. Okay, but so in this I, case, it isn't. Sorry to cut you off. I do want to give credit to Matt Hollingsworth. For the colors, yeah, he and the cover work. colors, I do because I feel like the colors is very vibrant here and used perfectionally. But all the line work, all the the art and the covers, man, Sean Murphy did the covers. He's doing both. My God, it's a lot. It's a lot Bro. because his plot is heavy and the artwork I think is complementary to it. Even but. Todd Klein's lines and lettering is pretty good. Like it's it was easier. To, it's easy to read. Very like Times New Roman. Oh, Times New Roman. Hey man, I'm a fan of Times New Roman. Um. Yeah, so a man referred to by Mr. Napier steps out of the Batmobile and asks to see the Batman, who is being held captive by police. When he approaches Batman, Bruce stands up almost ready to hit him. <laughs> I, I like that stance there. He's like, I'm only being held back by these damn chains. Um, before Napier acts, acts for his help. Acts, acts for his help. I do like that... Um that goes with the that they said once they said Napier I'm like oh man Joker driving the Batmobile yeah. what am I about to and read he obviously you know people almost refer to him as a Joker but he doesn't look like a Joker we've ever known he's a man in a regular suit and you know he looks up. he looks very handsome cleaned up like there's no like creaks in his smile or he nothing doesn't look sinister or sadistic and then I had to sit through like five issues to wait to what the hell it's like how did you open up with the Joker pulling up to Arkham in a Batmobile with Batman in chains. What'd you think about that? What'd you think about knowing that that was the eventually you were gonna have to get there? It, well, it, it, what it was is it was just anticipation. It was perfect for me. Yeah. I'm like, come on, where are we going? Where are and we going? How with this? the hell? How are we getting there? How are we getting? But then, then by like, I think it's like issue six. 
you get there and it's like, damn, or at least by five. By five, you're like, damn it, here we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we go back a year in the past where most of the story takes place um, to see how the tides turn between Joker and Batman. We are shown uh, Batman, Batgirl, and Nightwing on a chase for Joker through Gotham. Barbara keeps remarking about how reckless Bruce is being in the chase, not stopping to worry about civilian casualties or the public damage that he's causing. Yeah, he's like driving along rooftops. Like not caring. Like and, not caring about and driving, driving the, the Batmobile, which is not, a, uh, you know? And this one looks like the Tumblr, too. It's That's like a combination of the animated series and the Tumblr. It's like this big, hulking tank. Um, and he's just literally driving I'm it not on top lie. of apartment buildings. It looks pretty phallic here. Yeah, it looks pretty phallic here. Well, he might have a... Uh, he might be... What is that called? Compensating for something. Probably. So Dick... Like, Barbara's, like, bugging out. Like, what should I... We need to do something. He keeps getting worse. And Dick is like, just leave. That's what I did. Um, Batman, yeah, Dick's not having it. No. This whole, this story, whole issue... Yeah. yeah, this whole story, he was not having it. Batman corners Joker in a pharmaceutical warehouse, beating him excessively as Nightwing, Batgirl, and the GCPD look on in horror. Joker boasts that medication would let him do more good than Batman, prompting Batman to force a bottle of pills down Joker's throat. What do you think about that back and forth they were having? Do do you think that Joker was right in his in his taunting of Batman, saying that like your this is like just therapy for you, or is is there some truth to what Napier is saying, or is Napier just trying to get his goat? Well, the thing about Joker is he was always uh, categorized as a as a super genius. Yes. He was always because he's a master strategist. He 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 um he's good with bombs and like planning shit. He's just a, he's all around a super genius. So yeah, I feel like he, there is a lot of truth to what he's saying. But this is also a story of Batman where we're looking at a more reckless, destructive Batman. Even if he doesn't flat out kill, he has to at least be more conscientious that his his recklessness is going to kill somebody. What was your initial reaction of um, that recklessness? Like, did you? I feel like I've see seen it, it before. Like, did you see it as an issue? Was it oh, something no, no. that people were overreacting about? Um, where do you come down on that? Where I do feel you come like down it's important. Uh, it's important to the narrative. It's always going to be important. Like, it, like as long as it's not like overly excessive. Like, I feel like Batman is always beating the crap out of Joker. Yeah. But I've always held back in a sense. Here he's not held holding back. He's literally shoving pills down his throat to the point where Joker's like, I can't breathe. Well, I'll tell you one thing. You know, this fight in the pharmacy is definitely one of the most emotional fights we've seen these two have. Yeah, like look at he looks like he's like foaming at the mouth with blood. Like But the thing is, like, there's times where Batman just does stuff to get Joker's goat and then you know, lock him up, and then there's stuff that Joker does to get Batman's go. In this case, I feel like they both got each other's. I feel like they literally both cut down to the nitty gritty about each other. They they read each other. You know, yeah. Batman's like, yeah. no one loves you, no one cares about you, you're nothing, and when you're gone, no one's gonna care. And I think that really hurt Joker when he said that. And I think oh, it, it definitely hurt. took a it definitely took a sting to him. And I think it hurt Batman when Joker said that like, like the only reason why Gotham trusts you is because I'm around. You're the devil they know. I know <laughs> yeah. they don't know basically. Like they they rather they rather get into a weird pact with you to be safe. And that's that that's a nuanced good versus evil that's been going on since the dawn of storytelling. It's like just cuz you're not me doesn't mean you're not kind of me. 
and then you know very much like what happens in today all it takes is for something like this to hit mass media and it splits everybody in half right because the the report uh the recording of the beating leaks and the batmobile causing and the video of the batmobile causing huge collateral damage and all of a sudden there's a huge debate across the entire city about whether batman is doing more harm than good and it brings up a question is having a vigilante what's best for a city like gotham um, later on in the story, Gordon will go on to say that the only reason why he teamed up with Batman was because it was initially a temporary solution. Um, wh- where do you sit on that? Where do you fall on that? It, it, um, it's does true. Gotham, does Gotham need a Batman? Should Gotham have a Batman? Uh, where do you draw the line on that whole on that whole thing? You know, if it wasn't for Civil War, I don't know how I would truly feel. But because of Civil War, it's like that kind of, you know... Well, how did Vision put it? Where... All right. The level yes. of, um, of the, our existence invites challenge, and that challenge brings conflict. Yes. So the existence of Batman is always going to bring conflict, which is something expressed in uh, Batman Begins, because he says something like, "You know, they get armor. You know, we get body armor. They get armor piercing bullets." Yes. Yes. Um, you know, and in the Chris Nolan continuity and in most continuities, Batman exists before the theatrical villains. Yeah, there are villains, mainly the mob. <laughs> the mob, there's nothing theatrical. Well, that's about why the mob. I, I, I feel like Batman. Uh, Batman Year One. One day we're gonna have to sit down, recap, yeah, and, re- if we're talking and review. About the greatest, right? Because exactly, if we're gonna talk about the latest and greatest, we have to talk about one of the most, if not the most, underrated animated comic book movie in my personal opinion, Batman Year One. Yeah. Because it's not a Batman story. It's Jim Gordon. It's a Gordon story, yeah. It's Gordon coming straight out from like Metropolis, you know, fresh in his twenties. This is Bar she's pregnant with Barbara. If anything, it's the it's the it's the bromance story. It's the story of those two on their own paths and how they led to each other and this partnership that basically ba- uh got them kinda sort of um gets rewarded from, like not gets rewarded from, but gets the benefits of. The yeah. Gotham benefits from the friendship between Jim, Jim Gordon. But this was a Batman that Batman. he was like he wearing he's wearing ski masks and turtlenecks and trying to stop muggings at two o'clock in the morning. I think even Catwoman was in was in that movie. Yeah, I, she was prostitute. I, I, I saw it a long, <laughs> that's right because I saw this movie in like 2011, yeah. 12, like my, maybe thirteen. Like this is a long time ago I saw this movie, but that's what I loved about the idea of Batman starting off. Like you could have just been a guy in a turtleneck and a ski mask stopping rapes yeah. in alleyways, but you decided to put on the utility belt. You decided to patrol the streets in the the, in the, the a very dead of night, theatrical sort of kind of way. And like I said, you in most stories when Batman first becomes a vigilante, he's only fighting mobsters. He's fighting the, what we consider bad people. In the real world, there's nobody really dressed up like a Penguin Man and going out and killing people. So the question is, does the existence of a Batman invite other copycats to then try to create their own weird moniker and become their own symbol? You know, something that's stronger than than themselves. Well, we can we we can go back to the Nolan's trilogy all day, every day with topics like these because he literally put he gave us the answer to every single question that we're asking now. What happens with the copycats? They wear hockey masks and they try to stop. Russian mobsters from buying things from Scarecrow because in in Dark Knight Scarecrow did wasn't knew those guys, those Batman guys were gonna be there. Yeah, he definitely did. No way. But I, I like especially in the um, Dark Knight, uh, not Dark Knight, Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. Is it where um what was Scarecrow 
Scarecrow was the first real theatrical villain. Yeah. But no one knew he was a theatrical exactly. villain. Which no one that, cared that, to know that he was totally a worked villain. for him because he was a he was the only people who knew he was a scarecrow. The only people who knew he was scarecrow, I'm sorry. Was right. Was Ray's. Uh, was Ray's. and besides him were people that you couldn't believe anyway. Because he was hitting them with So it's not like he fear talks. Like, hey everybody, remember me, the scarecrow, you know? And that's where a lot of the other villains are in Batman's continuity. He's like, Hey, I am Poison Ivy and you will remember and all this other kind and of even stuff. in Dark Knight, with Joker's own monologue, you wind the clocks the clocks back a year, and where were you? These cops and lawyers wouldn't even go near you. And yeah. now look what happens. Before, obviously, Civil War in this book, did you ever consider the impact, like the public damage stuff and the Batmobile? And this the... was the first book that made me that made me actually realize that Batman, even though Batman is trying to do good, the I even the the existence of him is going to be bad in the in the hands of corporate greed yeah and we can get there and we'll get there but it's crazy how how like batman's symbol becomes so evil for capitalism where do you fall when this initial debate first started to break out about batman doing more harm than good oh i was on the charlie rose side i'm like yo look this is serious are we seriously defending the joker are we seriously i was until we started talking about sjw's and i was like wait a minute no what, what? <laughs> i was like are we really here we no, really I thought that cause I think that's that's like perfect Charlie Rose, yeah, perfect like, like oh my god, right wing really media. We really talking about SJWs? Can you SJWs ever let any? What was it? What? Oh, can, the SJWs need to give him a chance. Uh, a Batman and Commissioner Gordon. That's crazy. Yep. Um. Yeah. Barbara and Dick learned that Bruce's violence, recent violence, has been stemming from Alfred being near death. Now, Dan. Can I believe in that moment that Alfred has McGregor syndrome? <laughs> McGregor syndrome, the disease he famously had in, in Batman, Batman and Robin. My, nah. That Why was the same call- disease that Nora Freeze uh, was trying to get a cure for. In this book, we're told that they have the same affliction. They're working with each other to help both of the, both Nora Freeze and Alfred. So to me, Alfred has McGregor syndrome in this in this book. It's a continuation of the of like I said of the uh, movie continuity and of Batman the animated. Oh, this series. this freeze so looked like the freeze from the animated series. We have the gun. They have the freeze ray that shoots all over Gotham and makes everything that big ice cannon. Yes, they literally have it, and they use it like they do in the movie where they freeze people in place and then they just undo it and everyone's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not how you know that what works. it was. It was still done better here than it was in Batman and Robin. Yes, it was one hundred percent. Yeah, he's being kept alive by Freeze Tech. Joker, now stable and using his name, real name, Jack Napier, uh, creates and wins a case against the GCPD for insufficient evidence and for non-intervention in his beating. I don't I, see. This is what, I, what was starting to piss me off when I'm reading this. Like, yo, how how are you guys fudging evi- facts right now? How are you fudging evidence to? It's like, oh, well, we don't really have him charged with any murders. Are you fucking... Yeah, yeah, Are yeah. you insane? He talks about a failing of the system. Wait, what? Yeah. Um, I, did, I had to do the Tim Allen grunt for a minute. I read this. Like, well, we don't have actual any records of him committing murders. Uh? 
<laughs> you don't have no records of the Joker committing murders. Yeah, and they said they, all they have him for is petty like petty uh, thefts and and, and um kidnappings and, and bank robberies. I'm like, bro, are which, you uh, which, serious? I mean, I I don't know how much of this of this stuff is being scrubbed for Batman. The thousands of lives how much is he's Batman killed? scrubbing. You know, after every one of these crime scenes, after every one of these Batman in um interventions, is he scrubbing the scene? You know, uh, you know, make sure that he's not caught, that there's nothing leading back to him. And if that's the case, then you could see where all this evidence would go. And that guy, that guy now that I'm thinking about that, they had a line like that in Dark Knight that pissed me off. When, um, he, the two cops that were dead. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I need five minutes of the scene before your men contaminate it. Yeah. like, wait, sir, you are tampering with evidence right now to recreate a thumbprint. Yep. Like, there are ballistic tests. There's blood splatters. Like, have you ever watched Dexter? There's a there's a whole, like, you know, blood forensic science to this shit. You can't just come in here and take off a piece of a drywall with a bullet went. That's ballistic tests. No, 100%. Aren't you a detective? It's world's greatest. <laughs> world's greatest. Oh, we starved for cops, I guess. Um, so the, the, the main first issue basically ends with, um, him saying that he's going to, uh, become the white knight that Gotham needs because it already has this dark one. Um, but in that scene, what I absolutely love about it, I don't know if you noticed, but he's talking to them and he's undoing his cuffs. Yeah. So he's talking to them and he starts with his hands behind his back. He undoes his cuffs as he's talking to them all crazy, places his hands right on the table, places the cuffs right on the table and it's like, listen, this is where it's going to be. You're acting like you don't mess with Batman, but the the, the the bat signal is on your roof. It's on yeah. the roof of GCPD. How long are you going to pretend that you don't know what's going on here? And he's like, don't worry about it. I, I got Gotham now. Don't you even worry about it, Jimmy. I got Gotham now. Um, and Jim Gordon looks like he had never even considered being this coming back to haunt him. I guess he made that sort of kind of deal with the devil. Like he said, he said he thought it was temporary. But how long is something temporary, right? Doing something temporary for ten years. He even, is it I think temporary? They even had him write that kind of line in like Dark Knight Rises or something. It's like I made a deal with the devil a long time ago or something like that. Where it's like he made a deal with Batman to like keep things safe and now it's worse than ever. And yeah, you gotta bend you gotta bend the rules, uh to to Well, that's actually another question I have here. Um, do you do you personally think we should ever look outside the law for justice? No. Not because now. then that's that's not that's not justice. That's just civil retribution. That's social but I social th- order. I'm kind of in the sense of yes, not always. But the reason why I say yes is because sometimes laws are not great. Yeah, but, yeah, but can, <laughs> right? should like, we give the power to the mob to decide who, what's right and wrong? Well, I guess the reason why it's an easier decision in this case is because they don't look at it as giving it to the mob more so than giving it to one person. I for for example, look at um look at the the Get Shifty episode from Rick and Morty. Yeah. What happens when everybody thinks that the giant head in the sky is their is their god? Now that now the entire mob decided to give one be all end all decision to Principal Vagina, and now people that are talking movie theaters are being sent to the sky to die. Well, he um. They had something similar where the entire mob tried to give it all its uh, stuff to Joker. Was that, that was Dark Knight again? Yeah. Um. But, yeah, you, you sit and you wonder because it is all about narrative, right? It's all about narrative and what people think is going on. And to, for a lot of people, it, it, you, it's, it's, uh, it's the real world. I don't know what's going on every day with cops, but the idea that cops exist kind of makes me feel a bit safer. Are they out there doing 100% by the book stuff all the time? I don't know, but I never have to think about that. And most of the people in Gotham don't have to think about Just that. Just give it the benefit but, of the doubt that the cops are doing the right thing. And that Batman. It's doing the right thing. But when we get there, you're going to see that it's not always that simple. 
and when it's not that simple, you have a decision to make. And what decision, what that brings you to? You but, choose the lesser of two evils. You let a you let a rich man in a, in a black and gray outfit go out and beat criminals to the point where they say, "Hey, listen, now we need to kill everybody because this one guy is yeah messing and, with us." And how much? That was my biggest thing. Is like, is it smart for Gordon to associate or disassociate himself with Batman? Because I feel like when push comes to shove, the more power that you give a man like that the more authority that you give somebody like that if he does choose to to cut and run with it with the information the plans the the knowledge all that kind of stuff he could become a very dangerous enemy to the gotham city police. i guess also if you throw it to another spectrum it's like now gordon would have to not only go out and apprehend criminals but now the guy that's trying to help him get the criminals so it's yeah, like is a criminal well, well, like Yes, vigilantism is illegal, but it's like he's trying to help us, so should we let him help us and then arrest him right after? Like, what process is that going to be like? You know, that's going to be entrapment? Right, like, right, right. All that stuff, You know, because yeah. there are laws to protect, um, uh, what's that, what's, what's that, um, good Samaritans. Yeah. There are good Samaritan laws to protect such But are you a good people. Samaritan if you've been working with somebody under the dead of night for 10 years doing illegal with shit? With no... Right. Yeah, there is and no then, like um, accountability. There's... That's what I'm saying. How much culpability does does Gordon have at this point? Being so close, can you even deny? Can you even try to deny? I you see what happens when he does with his own people. He does it with his own people, and no one believes him. The mayor doesn't believe him. Bullock doesn't believe him. Montoya doesn't believe him. No one. They no. We don't work with the bat. Come on, bro. Come on, Jim. Come no, listen, on, Jim. it's us. Really? Man. It's like the bat signal is on the roof of GCPD. Like. Madness. It it is absolute madness, absolute madness. But the, it things get real maddy in that second issue. Yes, because um, now that he's free, Jack Napier goes to visit his little boo, Harley Quinn. But instead of a loving re- uh, reunion, she attacks him and insists that he's not himself. All of a sudden, as she goes to go for another blow, she is uh, saved by a second Harley Quinn. Um who we learned is the original and that she was replaced. But let's talk about that first very toxic <laughs> interaction between fake Harley, who will be calling soon Neo Joker and um, Jack. How do you feel about that re- uh, interaction prior to knowing what was going on? Especially when you get to the part of him proposing and sh- her laughing in his face. Oh, I'm just figuring that this is just, yeah, this is Harley. This is definitely, I was like, I mean, I guess they're drawing her in to keep up with the suicide squad look. Yeah. But, once she started freaking beating the crap out, I'm like, yo, what's going on? And then they dropped that ball. Yeah. Original Harlan Quinzel came out. And then I originally thought she had the hyenas eat her to death. Oh. <laughs> I thought the I thought she was right, just right, standing right. there you know, picking up Joker with the welts on his face while the hyenas were just chowing down on some food. Yeah. But nope. That Big mistake, bit... Harley. You should have just let him chow down on on uh, Harley guess 2.0. I guess I need. Um. Yeah, initially I thought they were trying to tell a narrative of Joker won't be cool with his friends now that he's not Joker. Yeah. That's what I thought they were going to yeah. try to do. Like yeah. he was going to go to all his old spots and they're all going to be like, we don't want to hang out with you anymore. You're clean. You know, like you're not the crazy thing anymore. Um, and she, yeah, like, like we we're saying, she goes to go shove some pills in his mouth and all of a sudden um, the real Hardy Quinn shows up. And I'm not going to lie. Her in her original jester outfit is way more hot than her in this freaking Margot Robbie outfit. I'm just going to say. The thing is, this seems to be a very poignant uh, commentary on Suicide Squad. 
throughout very points in this comic, this woman is referred to as a cosplayer, as as fake, as hot topic. Yep. As a hot this topic hot version topic, of, of, Harley of Harley Quinn. Quinn. You know, and that was some of the initial um negative re- remarks given when the when the first set photo started to come out. They were like Oh. I mean, to be honest, in 2016, in the in the 2010s, could you could we get away with the Harley Quinn like this? The regular, the OG animated this series? OG no, like one piece jester I, outfit. But I think in a, in the world of comics, especially, there's not many women covered from neck to toe in comics. So when you you present a comic character like that, people start to gravitate, and then when the next iteration of that comic book character she's more like wearing scantily a scarf, clad, yeah, it's like. Oh, so that character's not for me anymore. That character's now for, like I said again, the hot topic generation, the the supermodels of it all. Because this this Harley, for me personally, would I would so buy this in a movie today. It, I could, a little much, and you've seen Har- Mark Gwinnett. She's in it in Suicide Squad for like a second. Yeah, but and that bit, I felt like that outfit was too much. There was but some, that's the outfit. They'd have yeah, to, but I feel like to, you could do it in a span in this spandex way that's not so bulky. Like that's very very. In tight yeah like it would have to be like if it's almost a gymnastic suit or like an yeah. entire under armor one piece for like uh fuck for um like basketball a Le- like a leotard like a leotard like the one that was in suicide squad i felt like that was an actual costume with frills and everything okay i could i could see that but this that this it, it i don't know why i guess just the way it looks from like waist down i feel like it could it could exist as like this very skin tight spandex outfit yeah, we've seen how things have changed. Um, she even has the domino mask without the paint, without the face paint. Like she's straight up uh, regular skin tone. Like I like that. I like how she like he, she dresses in her outfit, but she decided, yeah, you know, I don't need the white paint face paint. I had other favorite moments too that was in here. Besides that, the two Harley story was definitely my favorite moment. I was surprised, like you said again. I thought it was gonna get to a point where it, she would be gone. There would be no reason. Now we got the new Harley. And we've and we've we've made our commentary, right? The old one it was trash. She was she was a, basically a fangirl, and that was it. Um, and that was I was surprised by that very strong take on Harley, but people have their opinions. Um, yeah. What? What? Oh yes. I am loving this. This like Mister Freeze by Nora. So we find out uh, why Harley left Joker in, in other issues. But basically what it comes down to is Harley, um, Joker's obsession with Batman got to such a fever pitch that he kidnapped Robin because he was obsessed with finding out who Batman was. And I like this world. This is what I wanted to say. I wanted to make sure that I, that I remembered this. I don't think I wrote it, wrote it down. But my favorite like narrative of this story is that jo- uh, Jason Todd was the first Robin. Yeah, I like that. that I love that his well. first his first Robin was his very first death, his first mistake, his greatest failure will the always be sin. his original sin would be his first Robin, and I love that. And I think that Bruce is the type of person that will never like he definitely never forgives himself for Jason in main continuity. Oh, one hundred percent. But imagine if that was his first try out the gate. Every time that he gets sad about Jason, now he looks at Nightwing and goes. Okay, well, you know, some good came out of this program of child soldiers. Or looks at Tim. Or looks at Damien. There's enough good there. But in this story, there this is, is his, no good. Yeah, because he the, never picked up anybody after Well, he picked up Dick, Dick but, but Dick don't care for him. Dick, he, uh, Dick presumes 
that Jason's death hit him so hard that he could never get as close to Bruce as Jason did because Bruce is all about that and that caused Nightwing to leave. So this is a Batman that, that just keeps isolating himself at a traumatic event after traumatic event and now that Alfred is uh, comatose, Dying, basically, basically um, there's no moral compass for Batman, and we never thought that was something that we needed. We thought that Batman had it was his own world compass, but we see what happens right now when he has no direction, in a sense. Um, yeah, that Harley, oh, that Harley Joker conversation was so it was painful to to listen to. Yeah, because it's just like it. It kind of like in a sense, it made me like think of what going after seeing an ex after a couple of years, and then just yeah. asking, so why did it end? And she just says, are you serious? You don't remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is exactly what happened, and you just have to sit and there. And how vividly she remembers it. Because she how... remembers it being the straw that broke the camel's back. And for you, it was just another day at the yeah, ballpark. 100%. 100%. And that's life. Um, and they talk about all the things that we like and dislike about the about Joker and Harley's relationship, the codependency, the Stockholm syndrome stuff, the 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 just the, the sadistic, um, toxic parts of their relationship. But somehow, uh, Quinzel still really loves Joker and vice versa. Um, and then Joker unwittingly adopted an obsessed hostage named Marion Drews. Uh, I don't think we're gonna get too deep into her origin, but she was a cutter who is. Actively committing suicide is at this... the bank teller because it has to be the same name, Marion Drews. This is the this is Marionette. Is this Marionette Marion in Doomsday? Drews. In, I mean, in Doomsday Clock? bank in that as well, right? She was a she was a. I think she was like a bank teller originally too. I there's something with that name that I was really in my head saying it over again. Marion Drews, Marion Drews, Marion. And then all I can think is Marionette, Marion like a. Marion Drews had a kid, then the smaller Marion would be a Marionette. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, but I was really trying to do the same thing that you were doing. I was really trying to. Uh, so I'm like, yo, this kind of reminds me of like that chick from Doomsday Clock. I'm like, what? I'm, I'm wondering if that, that's, if whatever comes about that is to come about that in the sequel to this story, which we'll also talk about a little bit. Um, yeah, but Marion Drews, Bruce, and Victor Freeze, of all people, Mister Freeze, develop a treatment for cryogenic illnesses. Despite not being fully tested, Freeze attempts to resuscitate Nora. Anticipating this, Wayne hooks the system up to Freeze's suit, curing him but aging him uh, to his naturally elderly state. He's like 80 or something, right? Yeah. 95 or something? Well, because he was a kid during uh, World War II. Yes. Because his parents were Nazis. Yeah, carry the one. He's probably like 80, 80, 90 years old. Um, And this is also what kind of informs me that this is a bit of the the animated series because only the animated series cared about Mr. Freeze this much. <laughs> so the fact that he keeps popping up, that he's helping Bruce. I actually owned the Mr. Stuff. Freeze VHS. Oh, the Batman and um, Robin Sub-Zero? Yep, the Sub-Zero movie. Yeah. I, I, owned, I used to own it. So, oh yeah. Running for councilman, Napier f- funds construction of a library in a poor district backport. And befriends Duke Thomas. Are you familiar with Duke Thomas? I think I am, but I don't know if I am. Duke Thomas is the signal. He's now he's being called the signal, but he was the how can I say this? He was the first African American child Bruce took in to be a sidekick of the Bat Family, and so he was kind of Robin esque in the New Fifty Two. Like he was definitely a Robin. Oh, this fan. is a New Fifty Two thing. Right, but he's now in the main continuity. He's now he's 
He has like an all yellow. He's a kid. He has an all yellow um, outfit. It's kind of a, a motorcycle helmet of sorts, and he has he has two uh, claws. I'm um, two like um nightsticks. But he's a child in our continuity. Duke Thomas is a child. It's crazy to see like all big brolic Duke Thomas um <laughs> uh in this, who's kind of like leading backport and stuff. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, he's like street justice. Oh, okay, man. This this party is freaking talk about that uh talk about that i uh, this he went to what is this like party. Just, it's just a regular socialitis phone they're always just raising funds even though they're so rich why like, all they every do is time raise funds. i'm reading or watching a batman property he's always at a damn gala. fundraiser at a gala, gala. Yeah. they did it in batman hush like it was getting me uh, annoyed but here finding out that um batman's uh all right so batman fights crime in poor cities so the real estate agents decide to use that. I want to find the exact quote because I don't want to misquote this here. You like you guys at home need to hear this. All right, Batman usually fights crime in poor neighborhoods, which the city then labels bat impact zones, which drops the price of real estate even more. The zones receive grants in order to rebuild, which is basically just taxpaying fund taxpayer funding. Yep. So we get taxed extra, so all of that like extra five cents in our taxes goes to be able to rebuild low income housing. Yep. And then you flip those houses. And that's the trick is to buy the to buy the areas right after the zone gets their grants. Cause then you flip it after the taxpayers foot the bill for the repair. And now what? Look at, and look at the Sean Murphy part. Is it me? Or does uh, Bruce very similarly resemble Joker in that moment? He, he looks like Joker, how Joker is drawn with the eyes, just the just the the, the brighter eyes, the, the the shadows on the face, the cheekbones, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think we really got they're really showing both sides of it. And um, Bruce, these are this is Bruce's worst nightmares. Is what's happening is that finding out that the that. Uh, real estate agents are making bank off of the war on crime. Finding out that what he's doing may not necessarily be helping the city. Finding out that the Joker of all people might be right. Finding out that the the one city that he's been breaking his neck over may just turn on him. May ultimately just be like, oh yeah, you know what? We're not messing with you anymore. We don't need you. Is Oh, that's huge. And then he cracks this guy. But the funniest panel is him just, just like with no effort whatsoever knocking out this dude's bodyguard oh not yeah. a swing not a throwing over his shoulder just a quick back swing like you know that looks comedic and seeing him in movies that punching back and everyone's like, and everyone's like what's gone into batman i mean not batman bruce yeah they're just like bruce are you okay what what is wrong with you you're nuts no i definitely thought that that was a that that was a big moment uh, these and- joker Har- these jack harlan drawings is will always get me and i will always look back on thinking it's that i get of, to see it's this it's one of the most positive depictions of this couple that i've seen oh it, um, it, this is this is my joker harley couple goals if you want to talk about joker well, harley couple then, goals well, that, white it, knight couple it's goals jack and harleen jack and harleen is couple yeah, goals because the, this man is this man is running for city council while his girlfriend is trying to help him get better mentally and get clean and all that kind of stuff yeah like to the point where she's literally holding him saying i will not let the joker take you you are which mine. is a level like, of depending on who you who you know who you talk to about this is either a level of um forgiving that that's unforeseen or a level of gullibleness well, which, which which side do you fall on that well i mean i don't follow i don't know how how i would look it 
it's deep. It is it's, hard. It's, it's, it's deep. deep and it's hard. It's there's a lot more layers to this than we would like to imagine. But and and no matter how much we do it with fictional characters, people don't like to write people off. We don't all. like no, to yeah. just say that person did that bad thing, so they're just a bad person. Um, there's more nuance than that. In comic books, it has to be black and white. But now we're in put in a position where bad people have done bad things, but now they're purporting to want to do good. So what do we do in that situation? Are they bad forever? Do we blame them forever? Or do we allow them the opportunity to uh, rehabilitate? Especially since most of the time I feel like most of these comic books like are now, or even back then, tell these social commentary stories. 100%. X-Men was about the civil rights movement and all of that. You know, you have Captain America punching Hitler. So in a sense, like we don't want to look at the Joker and take that like absolute stance of nobody is redeemable because then we would have to look at it into real life because yeah. if nobody's redeemable in comics this is just made make believe can somebody that stole a million dollars like want to not steal anymore yeah can someone who smokes cigarettes want to start chewing gum and get the patch can a murderer not kill anyone else can you know if someone kills somebody in self-defense are they a murderer you know, all these questions There's, come into things. Exactly. Taking, taking a life, life. Life isn't black and white. Life will never be black and white because there. not only is there so many different opinions, but most of the time, everything you look at is through the abstract. It's subjective. And that's a bit of what this story is. This story is bringing Batman and Joker from the black and white sides that they're usually on and sticking them both in the gray and saying, wow, now that y'all both in the gray, y'all look very similar. Y'all looking, y'all looking very, very similar. Um... But let's talk about this big ass plan. Okay, this plan. Got. This plan is absolutely bonkers. And if you don't think that I'm, if you think I'm not supposed to accept this as a good guy plan, you are, you are towing the line, my friend. That is so, straight evil. Using the Mad Hatter's tool, tools, because the Mad Hatter has always had hats with cards that make you be able to control people's minds. So this man used one of these cards to control Clayface's mind, and then diluted Clayface and placed him inside. A wine glass, basically. Uh, I think it was tequila. Was it tequila? Let me I see. I think it's a tequila bottle. <laughs> and then he goes and does like... Yeah, look, he, he's using his mind tricks to fucking make uh, clay, make clay face put, make himself into like dust. Yep. And then put that inside of a tequila bottle. Oh, yeah. Um, and then get everybody to drink the tequila. While drinking the tequila, they're Safrio actually... In, Aneria. <laughs> they're actually in... Um, instead, while drinking the tequila, they're also ingesting Clayface. Who is under... The Mad Hatter, uh, the Mad Hatter technology control. Who is just being controlled by Jack? Joke, Jack, yeah. So Jack is controlling Mad Hatter's tech, which is controlling Clayface, which is controlling all Penguin, Two Face, Croc, Bane, uh, Scarecrow, Riddler, Ivy, and that's another thing. Toy Maker, to me, Scarface. To Scarface. me, um, those these characters that they are showing are these are the quintessential Batman the Anime series villains. Oh, 100%. These were all these are all like iconic episodes. There was an episode called Almost Got Him where they're all sitting there talking to each other, talking about how they all almost got Batman. And um Croc's there, Croc's the one that's like I hit him with a rock and all that all that kind of stuff. Uh so to look at that the who's who, I'm, I it just kept cementing in my eyes that this is definitely Batman. Like the look how these cliffhangers end. I remember when this ended, I'm like, "Oh, no, no. I got to read the next one. Oh, I gotta got to read the He's got everybody in his in his control. And, but the last words is, is just, is it working? Of course it is. Oh my god, what are we doing? Yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, so, we're wondering, we're sitting here, and we're like, what is the ultimate goal here? Okay, so he has all the villains under his control. What is he going to do? Turns out, he uses the villains under his control to rampage across the city. Oh, that's one of my favorite moments of, of this book. 
Like, that was amazing. Just seeing them all work together as one big crime syndicate to just go against good. And they overwhelm. Because literally, most of the time, when it's one of these villains, they got their hands full. But it's almost every villain in Gotham City at this and point. And even Gordon has made it made it known. That's like, what? Wait, Penguin and Two-Face working together? Since when? They've yeah, hated each other. Ends of the, he, yeah. Like, he has said, though, like, how, are we, how, did, how did Bane and Croc get together when they hate each other and stuff like that? It's like, damn. And it's all for Joker's plan, Jack's plan. Yeah. To just, what is he, he wants Batman to fail at trying to get all of the the villains well, the at main, once? No, well, the main thing in this was that the distraction for um, Batman going around and, and getting all those people allowed Joker to then go into the archives of Gotham. And going through the archives yeah, yeah, of Gotham, yeah. and then he, he saw out about the, the Batman fund. The, oh, yeah, the Batman fund. And then he gets to, he gets to um, uh, reveal to the taxpayer, uh, this idea that Batman has been um, the 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 city has been paying for Batman's damages, but so, but it's no no it's not just uh, the fact that they yeah. pay for the damages. It's the fact that the, da- the they're paying for the damages, but they're and writing they're it here. off taxables as just like hurricane relief fund, yeah, tornado relief fund, yeah, Batman, earthquake, Batman, Batman uh, devastation fund, something like that. You no, know, it's called the Batman devastation fund, but they're writing they're they're writing it off as like a hurricane relief fund. So it's crazy. Yeah, that's, like an act of God kind of situation. That is messed. Up. Um, you know how much like Act of God are are in our insurance policy. That's a real insurance. Speaking of which, do you remember what the nature. figure is? The fig. Oh, I wouldn't even. I wrote it down. Three billion a year. That's that. It, it wasn't here. It wasn't three, three billion, billion a, a year. Year on Batman damages. That's that's a lot of money, man. Three billion dollars on Batman damage. That. Dude, I was a construction worker for four years. I've been with my boss when we've done consultations, and I can straight up tell you. All right, you you know how like houses look in Long Island, where from the door to the street, it's like that one long cement, and then you have the grass on the side. Yeah. Let's say that whole walkway of cement is broken to hell. It only cost like fourteen hundred dollars to come in with some cement and some workers and some tools and repair that driveway. So how do you get to? Three million, three billion, three billion dollars, three billion, billion dollars. <laughs> like I'm talking, how many buildings were collapsed that they had to remake? I mean, it shows in here why the why it's three billion a year. I, I, we'll, we'll, I think is it in this? No, no, what? I keep forget why the devastation fund is that much a year. I know now why. Oh, the- and they, it's also not what we think it is. We also find out that it's not all taken from the taxpayers. It's it's actually paid for by several companies that are all owned by Bruce Wayne. Death. Yeah. So yeah. it's not it's not people are not actually profiting yo, the way that they think they are. Yo, you know what's so re- for, put, let's put Jack to the side. If any other per if any let's say an investigative journalist wanted to know why all of a sudden we have a, a hurricane or an animal relief fund out of nowhere and why that specific disaster fund is $3 billion a year. They could just do some quick journalism and find out that Bruce Wayne is putting all the money into these Batman disaster fund shits. Anybody can find out Bruce Wayne is Batman by just doing some investigative journalism. Well, that's why I think... Look, so one of my favorite episodes of Batman the Animated Series of all time, and as a matter of fact, you can go back into the Major Issues archives. Yes, we did. We did yep. an episode on Batman the Animated Series. is um, called Batman Over the Edge, and it's a, a, it's a story. It basically could be a damn Elseworlds story because it's a story. It's basically... A, the entire episode is a dream, and it's a dream had by um, Batgirl as she's infected with fear toxin. 
And in this dream, it's what happens if Batgirl in the in the episode Batgirl dies, and Commissioner Gordon finds out that Batgirl was working for Bruce. So Commissioner Gordon calls Bruce Wayne, and is like, "Hey, buddy, uh, the jig is up. I know who you are, and we're coming for you." And to tell you the truth. It was the most tense episode of Batman the Animated Series. Well, we watched I've ever it together, seen. and I, was, I don't even remember that episode as a kid, but if I watched it as a kid, I think I would have had nightmares. That is not a, an episode for kids. Which showed me that the scariest villain to Batman, in my eyes, the story that I'm waiting for that I haven't gotten yet, is Batman against Commissioner Gordon. Because that a would set, be- a, on set, we're not on the same page anymore, guy. Commissioner Gordon, who has his own family, city, and shit to worry about, his own badge. That's a scary. That's a but, scary. But not fight. just that. I'm talking. Think of a Commissioner Gordon with all the cops on the side, the dirty, yeah. the dirty, and the clean. Yeah. So you have the clean with the task force, the tactical units, but you have the dirty that's now getting their weapons from the mob. Yeah. So you're talking a nation, a citywide manhunt by you being with the Marcones and the, the Falcones, Falcones, the Marconi the o- and the Falcones, all of them. Yeah, because um, Marcone is a cookie. I know that. No, Matt's macaroon. Uh, there's a there's also a scene in this. I can't. I'm so glad that this is an Elseworld. But then again, it already happened. Oh uh, yeah. But this man, Alfred, really, <laughs> Alfred really I sacrificed forgot, yeah, himself. I yeah, that there's. But before we get to is is this the scene? Uh, before uh, while he's chasing them around backport, Batman tries to get them. Um, he basically gets them to blow up the uh, the the library. Yeah, because here, where is it? This um, is a, there's a construction site, and this is when he almost mowed down construction workers. But this is not the moment where they knock the thing off the. Uh, they knock the signal off the building, do they? No, 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 no. That's that that is um. Later that's on? that that's issue five. Okay. Because issue five is actually my favorite issue of the series. So, I felt like that's when it really started going. So in that issue, and we'll get there, Bane grabs the the bat signal and throws it at Commissioner Gordon and hits Commissioner Gordon and he falls off the building. I think Bruce catches him or something. And that's when he's like, do you want another light? <laughs> he's like, no, I don't ever want to do this again. But basically, I bring all that up to say that that was the way the episode ended in Batman the Animated Series, Bruce and Gordon, Bruce, Gordon gets so crazy that he hires Bane to go get Batman. And then in the fight, uh, Gordon falls off a building and Bruce grabs him and holds on. And then Bane throws the bat signal and it hits them both and they both fall to their deaths. So seeing Bane throw the bat signal and see it hit Gordon and fall down, I was totally like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he I, did his homework. He really did his this. homework. It really made me uh, smile. I was like I totally, I totally remember this. Um, so we did the na- we did the library thing. Yeah, this is right now. Like now, it's Batman going into the Bat Signal, uh, Batmobile. He ain't talking to anybody. Go- uh, Barbara's trying to like get, get, get uh, attention from him, but he's just like, nope. I'm just gonna drive home. Um, so when the c- library crumbles, he is destroyed. He's like eternal bleeding. Oh, he's co- he's, he's covered in red. Yeah, he and is he, bloody. And he's not talking to nobody. So he just uh kind of sort of just goes and collapses uh at Alfred's bedside. Um he wakes up and finds himself stabilized and he's on Alfred's life support, which means that Alfred's Fred not on, on, the, on the life support. Bruce finds Alfred dead in the bedside chair. Uh, Dick and Barbara discuss whether to intervene in Bruce's developing obsession uh, in trying to convict Napier. 
Um, the Crazy Hardy, a.k.a. Uh, Drews, Drew. a.k.a. Neo Joker, discovers the Clayface remains and uh, takes the rogues gallery into her own control. When Batman intervenes in his protest, Napier goes willingly to the GCPD. Warning he knows of the collateral fund, he offers to relocate it, oh sorry, reallocate it to the GCPD as councilman, giving Gotham a culpable Batman equivalent known as the GTO, the Gotham Terrorist Oppression Unit. Now we just spoke about a lot. This is what I want to talk about. Um, let's talk about media versus Batman, bro, because they had him dead to rights in that protest moment. Oh, no one yeah. did anything wrong. Not at all. And Batman comes in there swinging. He's like, "Stop! Stop! <laughs> stop peacefully protesting!" And he punches um, Napier in the face. And yeah, and even and, Napier's surrendering. He's like, "I just don't want anybody to get hurt, so I'll just yeah, go." He's like, it. "We're gonna be working together anyway, right? If 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 all this, if I become councilman, uh, we'll be, I'll be working alongside Batman anyway. So why?" Uh, you know, why play around with that? But I love how Charlie Rose is playing identity politics while blaming, while accusing Napier of playing identity politics. Well, it's- this is that that goes into that because as he's talking to the people of Backport, Backport's, um, I wrote this down, Backport's is basically like the Narrows. Yeah. The way the Narrows was situated. And what was it in um, the Glades? Yes, it was in the Glades. Arrow. Yes. It was the Glades in Arrow. So the Narrow is the Glades. These are like the, the backport. It's literally always the yeah, these are like the left the, behinders. hundred percent. They're the um the what do they call that? Like economically challenged neighborhoods. Uh like uh, socio political climate is very terrible there and they are basically the ghettos of these cities. And I never really liked that word for some reason. I don't know why. It's a literal word. It's a, it's a, it's a literal. I know it's a literal word, but doesn't it sound like like harsh? The ghetto, like you live in the ghettos. Like... I think we, I think people in the ghetto took the word ghetto and made it even worse than what it was because then they started to differentiate. Two people could be ghetto, but if one person was def- called ghetto, they're looked at as less than the other one. <laughs> so it's funny because the first time I ever heard of the ghettos was in uh, South Park. Yeah, that's where Kenny lives. Kenny lives in the ghettos. I always thought of ghetto being, um, I thought ghetto being a descriptive term, not necessarily being an, like a noun. And then I found out that it was a noun. You can live in the ghetto. Yeah. Things, it's I low, think, low I income, low rent. Ghetto. You well, know, things, I, in New York, things can get pretty ghetto. Right, right, right. But yeah, this is this is the ghettos. This is the narrows. This is the glades. This is the area that, that seemingly Gotham ignores. And so when Joker goes in there going like, I'm one of you guys. Um, at one point, they're like, yeah, Joker goes like, um, no, Duke says, yeah, Joker's got a, a, a bad rap, and he's got probably a, you know, a, what do they call that sheet? Rap sheet. Yeah. And he probably has a rap sheet, but I have one, too. And I bet some of you guys have one, too. Just because we've made mistakes, does that mean we can, we, we're not allowed to live happily? We're not allowed to live our lives? Um, which I, you know, so I say all that to say, what do you think about this um these identity politics. Is Gotham he, doesn't care about black people. Is he manipulating? Is he manipulating identity politics, or in your mind, is he actually becoming the voice of the voiceless? I mean, it, it in a sense, identity politics. I guess we've we've turned it into this like negative buzzword, kind of sort of like social we've, justice. Yeah, warrior. we you really know, turned like a lot of uh, well, oh, I've woke, al- oh, woke. I've always looked at the term social justice in itself to be an oxymoron because what what is justice in the eyes of society? 
what, what tru- society? I guess eyes justice in the eyes of society is the majority rules opinion on the yeah, but, subject. Yeah, but but then we also have the needs of the few outweighing the needs of the many. So it's like it's paradoxical in a sense. I get what you mean. Yeah, that's why it's an oxymoron. At the end of the day, it's always going to be paradoxical. I, yeah. But they have turned SJWs into this like derogatory word. Right. And since when is caring about the about your fellow man? You know, derogatory. 100%. So in a sense, if we took identity politics as this way of. Oh, you're just gonna white knight a bunch of minorities? No, if if the white people are they only literally gonna... say that. No, no, they, I, that's why I'm, I, when I'm they reading said it. That, no, but I'm saying that's something that you would think would be said on like an edgy kind of, you know, like oh wow, uh, um, Kamala Harris is just gonna white knight a bunch of minorities. like that's something that you would hear in like a political spin kind of, of situation. Reading a comic and seeing that you can have those same le- leanings. And paint things with the same political brush of like, oh, he's not really trying to do. He's just tr- trying to placate the 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 minority vote or whatever. Like, I thought that was incredibly interesting. But in your opinion, do you think he has the people's best interests at heart? Which I guess this comes is a into joker, another question. This is a joker with pills. Now, I'll be, I'm, I'll go full disclosure. I've, I've had my fair shares of being uh, medicated. Right. Everybody, everybody needs to be medicated sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes we just all need to be medicated. So I've, okay. I, I've been on anxiety pills before, and in a sense, I feel like, yeah, Joker's trying to do what's best. Like, all right, all right, all right. I, I've had, I've had very um sad, just sad thoughts. Everybody's had their sad thoughts. Sometimes you just need, uh, uh like a, something to feel you to make you feel better. And when you start going on that daily routine of taking medicine. You start seeing the drastic change in your personality. You start seeing the drastic change in how you look at life. You know? That's interesting because I think that that then splits people in half, right? Because what ends up happening is, and we see this this kind of discussion take place between Neo Joker and and Harleen, which is if you are taking medication and the medication is clearing your mind, which you is the real you, the clarified you. With the push of the chemicals, or the I can imperfect, you. or the imperfect you, which is you without the chemicals, which you is is the you. Are the chemicals helping you become you, or were you you post pre chemicals? Sorry. Uh, in I right, in a sense, yeah. I, um, you, get what, you get what I'm saying, right? To I right, I guess if I wanted to be honest, it you you aren't you on those pills. Okay. You're not. There is there is no explanation. There's no justification to why you should want to take a small little uh, infused piece of chemicals from a lab that's going to mess with the functions in your brain. But what if the functions in your brain are already off? Then you, the, uh, if the you that's you is bad, yeah, then you're gonna. Because the thing is, like, we have all these things, like we have all these emotions, right? Like literal emotions that we talk about: happiness, sadness, all that kind of stuff. But those things have literally been whittled down to being actual chemicals, right? Those things have been literally been whittled down to being things that we can affect with medication. So now that we know that, you understand, if you have a, a serotonin imbalance, is that you being you? Or were you just dealt bad cards? Do you know what I'm saying? It's the it's the people <laughs> that were it's the people that were born with cerebral palsy. You know, like life's life's a a, a gamble. And like and I mean that you know you say that that's also true as well because if you were born that way, is that you or are all the ways that we're trying to help you, despite it, you? It's not you. It's a better version of you. It'll always be. All right, think of it like this. All right, if if you 
with this chemical imbalance and the serotonin like all over the place in your brain is a squirtle, then you on a small dose of medication is now a war turtle. Now, 10 years down the line, you've been you've been doing your daily routine of medicine. You've been taking the right antidepressants for for years now. Now you're a blastoise. Is that blastoise now just somebody else's product of you? No, it's a helped evolved version of you. And that was yeah. the, that's what my mother always tried explaining to me. It's like you will always be you on the pills or not, but the pills will always help you be a much more realized, more calmed down, much more fleshed out version of you. And I think, but that I think that that's literally the fight that happens in a lot of people's heads, happens in a lot of homes, um, and we see that fight happen here, where Harleen believes that um, the pills are making him the best version of him. And she said but it herself. Neo Joker's like you're. That's it's changing you. It's making you a you that is that you can't control, which is also kind of true. Whether or not that's bad or good, that that's you know. That's arguable, but you know the thing is, since since we've always categorized Joker as a master strategist and a super genius of genius level intellect, now with pills that help, and now with some antipsychosis pills, we can have that genius level intellect, but used for good to be Gotham's White Knight. But it's, then, but then the question is, like, if you're tranquilizing Gotham's White Knight to keep him sedated enough to do great things, is that morally ethical? Oh, it's definitely not morally ethical, but you can pull you can pull uh, references from uh, Rick and Morty's. Uh, which one was it? The one where uh, uh, Meeseeks and Destroy. Okay, you, yeah, where the people would believe about the idea who he was than yeah. the man that he really is. Which like, also goes to show that th- there's almost nothing clean cut. There's almost never, nothing black and white. Never. There's always a wrinkle if you want to sit there and, and actually look for it and look in it. Um, what do you think about this Gotham terrorism oppression unit? Freedom fighters. Freedom fighters. They're freedom fighters. I don't want to hear. That's what you think. Oh, that was the first thing that came to your mind? That was the first the thing first I thought that came to my... to my mind was like police state. Which is freedom fighters like to me. Like if you get a bunch of Batmen, like a, a, a unit of Batmen that you could deploy, everything Jack is saying is 100% true. Batman says he wants to help you, but he got the best gadgets. Batman says he wants to help you. I agree with the best. I do agree with him on that. He has the best bulletproof vest. But I also agree with Batman on this one. Here we go. All right. Let's say... Batman gave all of his weapons, not just not the tumblers in the in the cars. Let's say he gave a utility belt to every cop in one specific. Uh, let's say Gordon's precinct that he works in. That's the seventy sixth precinct. So Batman gives twenty cops in the seventy sixth precinct a utility belt. What's stopping one of them from being dirty? Is Batman going to have to vet and do a background check now on every cop before he gives him a utility belt? So I understand where Batman was originally fold on. Because but it's the same system. It, the question comes down with, does he trust the system or not? Right? And it's a blind trust, and blind but, trust is scary, but you but, either do or you don't. But if you know it's the same that blind, there's... But it's the same blind trust Gordon has to have with him. How does he know he's not going to go dirty one day? On the information, he's, that's the here's the is, folder. Batman on, has earned on that, Mar- but Tony. Batman has earned the trust that he wouldn't go rogue. The GCPD has always been corrupt. But does he? But does Gordon not have enough trust to get some of that tech? Does Gordon does not have enough enough? Uh, you're right because you're right. You know, no, you're right stuff. because he should he should have personally given a box of weapons to Gordon and say, "You know your men better than anybody." Pick ten men you trust with your life and give them my tech. Yeah. He could have done. There's so you're right. There's so many ways that they could have worked around it so that they could have done it right, but they they didn't. 
in the Elseworlds, in the New 52, in any universe you want to... And this is the first time to question this. This is the first time where it's like, I do you said want that arm? right here raises so many questions. Like, all this like, book does why is don't you arm, If you care about the cops as much, Batman, why don't you arm them? You have literally the best cars, the best tech, submarines, all this other kind of stuff, which then comes into this other question that I wrote down. Does Batman make the GCPD redundant? AKA, do we need cops if we have Batman? What are they doing in the interim while he's doing the big cases? Like, do we have a bunch of mall cops in Gotham and then there's Batman? I mean, crime doesn't sleep. It doesn't, but neither does he. He sleeps during his board meetings. Remember, we see that's when that's when he gets his shut eye when he goes into his board meetings. So for those eight hours a day that he's sleeping, or or if that, let's say he's sleeping eight hours a week. Yeah, those two three hours a day or an hour a day that he's sleeping. That's literally the person covering your shift when you go to get lunch. Yeah, basically, and that would be Gordon. And Gordon and a few the, guys. He lets the entire GCBD cover his shift while he goes to sleep, <laughs> and then he goes and does all their jobs the next day. It's bananas. It's crazy. Um, another thing that they talk about is that, you know, when we talk about Batman tech, we're also talking about all the computer tech. He seems to have things, labs, uh, uh, um, forensic sciences that... All kinds of things that he can he really recreate don't have. a crime scene. He can do his own autopsy. The GCPD can't. They have to go to the coroner. That's right. You and he that? knows what he's doing with these... 100%. <laughs> oh, my God. And so God. It, it's a lot of tech that he's holding back, man. And so well, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about the idea in general... Um, about the idea of coexisting Batman and police force where he's agreed to arm them. He's agreed to be like almost the mascot for the GCPD in this sense. Did you see any positives to the, um, the idea of the GTO? Bringing the vigilantes and the cops together and everyone gets a Batmobile. <laughs> I, I, I'm just always going to be worried about, about the corrupt cops in GCPD. Yeah. Like, I feel like that, that has been... A main character since like GC's heyday. Like, My if there's a character in Gotham in history, is the guy who, no matter what is said, just good yells, No more dead cops! <laughs> it's like, bro, he was just talking about something else. Calm down. Relax. Oh, bro. my. That's what he just thousand... randomly just goes, Hey, no, no, no more dead cops! cops. <laughs> <laughs> he had just said like a whole, like, It's always darkest before the dawn. And I know that Gotham is, Hey, no more dead cops, right? All right, all right, bro. Uh, yes. So, while I don't know 100% if it's, if it's a, a good idea, I know that J- Jack is a hell of a talker. <laughs> when Jack is talking to... Um, oh, yeah, his dialogue is amazing. And when he's talking to them and b- b- rolling out what the, GCP, what the GTO could be, he convinces them almost all instantly. Bullock is like, oh, damn. And Renee Montoya is looking through f- files and folders like, this might actually work. And he's like, damn, he's got a point and all that, like... Shit is crazy when Jack Napier comes in and says, listen, I can do what Batman should have done my better favorite, than Batman. My favorite Batman. point is like, oh, don't you ever wonder why Batman didn't give you like all his gears and stuff? And then Gordon goes, we never needed it. And he goes, I don't know. I think some of your cops could have used some bulletproof vests. Some of your dead cops could have <laughs> yeah, definitely used some, some of that Kevlar armor. Yeah, yeah and I was like, why you put it like that, When though? you put it like that. When you put it like Like, that. if you're not going to give them a utility belt and a bunch of batterings, at least th- dress up the GCPD and the Kevlar tech that oh, you have. matter of fact, I just got goosebumps thinking about it. Look, you could be, you could verify. <laughs> I can see you the whole shit. No, right he really there. does have them goose prickles. When he says, um, you don't think Gordon's tired of his men being used as cannon fodder for a war that they never signed up for? I was like, damn, because you got to imagine how many cop funerals Gordon has to go to. 
while they while in route to get down Bane or going to Mister Freeze's hideout or going to so many of his own. And David, half the time, how many cops equipped. are dying before Batman gets even gets on the scene? Batman has yeah, to get on the scene because the bat signals. If that he, didn't work, because if, if, didn't work. If he's home doing like technology, uh, doing research on another crime, and then he sees the bat signal, who's to say that that bat signal wasn't flipped an hour into? 500 cops trying to chase down Bane 100%. and 200 of those cops are now dead. Now Gotham and and so he gets to be the the Gotham savior and all those men are literally like he said just cannon fodder. They're all literally they're sand They're the bags. pawns. Yeah. They're the pawns in chess. That's, that's it. Just, that's I, I it's a lot. Um yeah. Let me see. Let me see if I have any other Oh, I guess we should talk about this now. Cuz uh, we're still on but, issue 4, right? Yeah. Did you believe Joker's rehabilitation early on in the book? Originally, no. Okay. I believe it here. You want to know why I believe it here? Between him and Harley? That, him and Harley's uh, day out? It's not even about the day out. It's not about any of the conversations. I 120 million percent believe Joker, the Joker, would have never sexually been involved with Harley Quinn. Okay. All she was was a get, thing to manipulate. We get a little bit of that with, so the when fact Marion Drews was talking, right? Like, I would expect him to hit me or do this or do that, and he kind of just didn't. Like, the Joker, like, never even touched so, like, either the, Harley. The fact that he came in and said, hey, I miss you, I love you, and he, was, he proposed to her, the fact here that he had sex with Harley Quinn confirms to me that the Joker is not controlling that body because I don't – I see the Joker as an androgynous – Evil supervillain that has no cardinal, fe- no cardinal. These uh, hedonistic, desires. yes, these hedonistic activities is quite uh, irreprehensible. Oh, okay, I could, I could see that. Yeah, like he's definitely not the one to have sex, but him here having sex and proposing, and it's really hard as somebody who's been a staunch, uh, you know, protester of the his and hers. Harley and Joker relationship. Oh, I'm a bit. Um, I'm a big protester of the g- couple goals for Harley it's, and Joker. It's really hard not to root for this this Harley and Joker, dude. I'm not even gonna front. It's really hard. They I have really wanted like them one, to win here. They have like a one page splash page of just their night, you know. Uh, and it's Duke saying like, because he was like, ah, honey, I can't take you out tonight. I got a bunch of stuff to do. And Duke's like, hey, you man. don't take out somebody else. Gonna what... take out. <laughs> He's like, you know what? Let's go out tonight, honey. Like, yeah, and like, yo, like, what? They were like, really? You could see the love. And that's why I love with the Harley and, and uh, Neo Joker where she's like, you know, you loved him because of his flaws. I loved him despite his flaws. Which is, that's, they, I've been on both sides of that. Me too. You know, and yeah. that's life. Life will have you twisted and thinking that this, the the reason that you're here and the, you're here for the right reasons and don't worry, just push through and you could be on the other side of the tunnel not realizing how much further you still have to go. Um, oh, I had that in here. Harley and Joker, are they people to root for? And you said yes. Uh, I guess and people to vote for. There are definitely people to go for. Um, not vote. Well, vote. He's gonna be consummate. Oh no! I'm a- <laughs> you know what's so funny? What's this up? is like this. This is like a weird version of like Ben and Leslie for me with uh, the councilman. Yeah, I can see that. So can you just imagine? Just because he already Ben already has the bat suit. Yeah, he already has the bat he's suit. Crying in it. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't need no Alfred thing. He's already crying in it. Um. All right. So. Neo Joker attacked the GCPD, prompting Gordon to side with Napier and place an APB on Batman. That's when they broke the bridge, right? Bridge yes. goes down and he's like, oh, hell no. Now I'm going after Batman. Batman goes to Harley and asks her for help taking down Napier, convinced that he's putting a long con. But Quinzel refuses, certain that Napier is legitimate. Bested by the GTO, which 
has recruited Duke, Nightwing, and Batgirl, and has built them their own Batmobiles. Batman is arrested by Napier. Um, I guess another question that I have is, um, were you surprised to see how quickly Gotham, and I guess more specifically, Nightwing turned on Batman? I wasn't surprised at how Nightwing, how quick Nightwing turned on Batman. I always figured that Nightwing has a has like this special place in his heart for Batman. He'll always love Batman, but I always felt like he knows he can't allow himself to get close anymore. So his him walking away from Batman and not caring anymore, I always felt like he drew that line a long time ago, and okay. he knew once he crossed it, there was no one crossing it. And I've actually, I'm pretty fresh with Titans because we yeah. only covered Titans what two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Feels like that. Yeah. Like because yeah, a couple of months, a couple of weeks ago, since we just covered Titans season two, I got to see a Robin that hates Batman in yeah. a sense. Yeah. But the one that was surprising for me was when he got into a fight with Nightwing was Barbara. That was like Barbara's a, a G in this book. She is the man, man. She's, a G. Like, She's one of my favorite characters in the story. Is Barbara Gordon because you know, she girl. put ba- she put Robin in his place by saying, "Yo, you everything you have is for him." And then she turned around to Batman and said, "Yo, that doesn't excuse you from being a bitch, though." Yeah, yeah. And like, then, and then she's like, "What?" She's like, "You two are the worst." At one point, she's just like, "What's wrong with y'all?" Like, we can't even sit y'all in this room together, or else it's gonna be a big issue. Like, um, and she's pulled in three different directions, right? Because she's pulled in Batman's direction, she's pulled in Nightwing's direction, and then Commissioner Gordon's her father. So she's pulled in the GCPD correction, uh, direction, which is like, poor girl, man. Oh, and we're on. We're, oh, we're still on four. Oh snap, are we? Yeah, we're still on. We're at the ending of issue four, which is oh, okay. So I didn't want to uh, go too far, but yes. Um, Batman is arrested by Napier. Neo Joker uses a revealed super weapon to freeze Gotham Harbor, demanding that she be given Joker. Earlier, Bruce discovers Thomas Wayne funded Freeze Senior to make Freeze Tech, circumventing U.S. laws by tunneling under Gotham's German embassy. Freeze Senior later cut times with Thomas to build the super weapon against his wishes. I did like this weird retcon that, that, uh, did you catch this? That Mr. Freeze was in love with a Jewish woman. Yeah, so Nora, Nora was seen, Jewish seen or something like yeah, yeah. And he defied his father's wishes by being with her. So she's literally the only person he has. He he, he gave up his entire family and, and his identity. And they were a rich family. Yes, to be with this woman, and she's frozen. So I thought that like a heart of ice, heartbreaking. This added like all new levels of sadness that I was not, I was definitely not prepared for. And it's it's good crazy because I can't believe uh, Neil Harley teaming up with Mad Hatter, discovering craziness. It, but, there's so getting, many side they plots. They were getting that, in each other's face at one point. She, he's like, "You're not even like this is brand new to you. Oh Be no, relax." She's oh like, yo, I'm the one with all the villains. Yo, so his you better little relax. midget ass didn't even care. He's like, "Yo, like." It sounds to me like you shouldn't even be in love with this guy. Like, you know, you're doing all this for no, no reason. She's like, trying to play him at one point. She goes, oh, so did you always like Lewis Carroll? Or was it because of that girl named Alice or whatever? He goes, yeah, I guess we all just fall in love with people we probably shouldn't be, huh? 
Yeah, yo, he's getting, yeah, he getting this Mad Hatter has a bit of a tongue on him, and I'm enjoy. I was 100 percent enjoying the interaction between Mad Hatter and Neo Hart. I'm not calling her Neo Joker. I did not like the name Neo Joker when I initially read it. I remember rubbing against that name, like I do not like this. I do not like. She just call. I call her Harley 2.0. I like Neo Harley. Neo Harley doesn't Neo sound good. Quinn. Neo Quinn. I Neo like- Quinn. Um, I like. Let's do Neo Harley for this episode. So yeah. Neo Harley. Neo Harley. How, uh, how do you feel about the character overall? Oh, I think design, you know what it is. Is the it, motive? We, we need we need a villain. We need we, this book needs a villain. I feel like every story at the end needs something for the for the protagonist to like uh, close out the entire chapter of the story. Yeah. Like you can have these little nuance, good versus like who's good, who's evil. Like you know, bat, is Batman bad? Is the Joker good? You can have that, but you wouldn't have been able to close out this story in any other way without giving us Neil Harley. Because other than that, you could have just... What, how are you going to end the story? Batman forever locked in Arkham while Joker well, you know is what, politicianing? It happens. This is the um, this is the Batman vs. Superman situation. I say that literally because I have a lack of a better term. What I mean is we, we're, we're buying the ticket to see Batman vs. Superman, but ultimately that's not what the fight's going to be. There's going to be a greater evil presented, and both of them are going to have to fight that person. That's exactly what happens here. With White Knight, we were told we were going to get a story where Batman and, and Joker's roles were going to be reversed, and we we're going to have to figure out how we're going to deal with the world where Batman's deemed as bad and Joker's good. But ultimately, none of that matters because we've got an ultimate bad in Neo Harley. It gives, as a matter of fact, she gives everyone purpose and gets everyone on the same page. Oh, in a in a sense, you know, she legit gets Joker and Batman on the same and page. When we get there, ass. I I can't wait for us to get there because it's gonna be how crazy. Remind me of say Harley giving purpose because it's gonna Neil Harley giving purpose because okay, it's it's crazy how this book ends. I was, I think her backstory as said to um, what's his face. Mad Hatter, Mad Hatter is one of the saddest, like depressing, toxic things I've it, ever read. All right. Yes, yes, and more yes. That shit remind it for some Her, reason. A wrist covered in blood. He only touched me to when he wanted to put fresh bandages on my cuts. He barely looked at me. He just called me Harley one day, and so I just no. But that all of that. That's shit what broke is my heart. Like is, man, where where she was like, I was sitting at my desk. Cutting my wrist for every customer that 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 came and up. And he to was me. one. She was wondering which customer was going to be the one to find her dead because eventually it'd get to that. Point. It's going to because every time a customer came, she would cut her wrist. Would cut her wrist. Would cut it. And then finally, the Joker came in, was robbing the place, and he went up to her and said, "Harley, grab this bag and well, go." He also no. First, he pulled the gun on her and he was going to kill her. And in the moment of being offered death, suddenly <laughs> the woman who was cutting herself chose life. All of a sudden, when somebody says, hey, you want to die? I'll, I'll fucking do it. She's like, oh, no, 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 chill. And that moment, wanting life, she associated that wanting of life with him. And she only wanted a life with him. Because he's the first person to make her want her life. That's not how that goes. That's, <laughs> that's, that's not, so toxic that's in so great, many ways. Man. That's the dentist system for you right there. And then it That's goes, the dentist system. And then like you like it's like it's said later on, right? You get this situation where she ultimately then never knows the man, Joker. She only knows the caricature that Jack Napier created to fight Batman. You know, she only knows the to use a wrestling term, she only knows Jack and Gimmick. Neil Harley only She only ever knows seen, Kayfabe, Joker, she's she only doesn't know. Ever seen 
um, him gimmicked up. So I thought that was uh, interesting as hell. It's just so sad that, like... a tragic character. Um, I, f- I feel like... I don't know why they're writing... Yeah, I guess they're writing it like it on purpose, but every... Uh, Harley seems to have be a Stockholm Syndrome character. Like, this is the first guy to give me life. They mentioned, they mentioned Stockholm Syndrome directly. It's funny because I had put... No, she says, I know this is Stockholm Syndrome, but oh, okay. I don't care. Yeah. Like, she straight up did... She knows what it is, but doesn't care anyways, because it's either... it's. But she also talks about, like... Um... Sorry, like brushing his hair away from his face and letting him cry on her shoulder. All kinds of stuff. She does feel like Which she Which is funny because now it's... Wait a minute. Miriam Drews is the is the Harley from Joker. This is this is bat, this is supposed to be the black label, right? Yeah. She was mentioning stuff about times where Joker would cry on, cry on her lap and she would stroke his hair. There was a specific panel oh, I know about where Joker, Joker was the lit. Book. The book I was Joker, thinking of Joker the movie. No, no, like, where Joker the book was legit. He was like crying in Harley's lap and she had was rubbing her hands through his hair. So what if what that's got, a Miriam so Drews? Really, so what really got me right is there's this scene where Batman talks to Harley on top of I want to say. GCPD or something. I figure it's her house. Like some he's rooftop. Just, yeah. yeah. I love how she's like, I guess I think I'm the only person in this world that can hear you sneaking up. Yes. I love that line. And so they both chat about their 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 uh, uh, mutual friend, right? Their mutual boo, Joker. That's the one thing that they have um, in common to talk about. And so um, it literally, man, because I, I love Batman the Animated Series. She says... Um, you know, I still have that dress. Yes, that you, that you me. when I was going to the rehabilitation. Go- oh my I, that, god, bro. me too. That shit me too. Me. I was yeah, like, that's Harley's holiday. That's an that is Harley's holiday. That's an episode of the anime series where she goes on parole and all she tries to do is get a dress, but because people recognize her and they know that she's a criminal, it causes this big hubbub, and she basically almost gets arrested and thrown back into prison. And she does ultimately go back to prison, but when bringing her back to prison, Batman's like, "Listen, I know you tried your best to be good," and he gives her the dress, and this is the dress that she's fucking referencing and that shit was all like damn this like, everything is... i've read and watched all matter like we're, all, we're referencing everything is one world it. man it's oh, all it's so connected good. together dc does it in a way it's like and you know that's what i love about this bananas this batman and Har- I, I feel is this every batman and harley that batman has this soft spot for her because he was really vocal about his soft spot for harley he's but like I every mean, in, he's in, like every time i wanted to make sure you got the lighter sentence i always vouched for you to get the lighter sentence if that's true if you think that that is the true north of dc like you know one of the the um hallmarks to know that you're in the regular world then that just further proves my point that the dceu's fucked because it was in the dceu that he punched her in the face <laughs> so yeah, there was yeah no, right there in the water no fucking, like yeah there was no uh knocks you right out that says she just got punched right in the fucking but face. i mean like yeah but it's and always so, but batman always has to believe that doesn't matter what your gender is you're a criminal but you can change i want to believe a criminal can change she was that, also trying to stab him she was also trying to <laughs> that was self-defense that was self-defense yo listen i'm just i'm just saying man velocity like that should not make sense there's no way that batman should be able to punch somebody with all of the weight of his armor and the submerged underwater with that kind of pressure. I wouldn't be trained. I wouldn't be surprised if he trained for shit like that, though. You know what? <laughs> you know, I my the whole thing is that like I worry about the the effects of punching somebody unconscious underwater. I don't know why, but I feel like yo, like for real. What if like something like, like, like some mad water damage drown, in the lungs? Yo, go in your ears. What happens? Your heart could stop any. Yeah, have a heart know. attack underwater. I'm not a physician, but uh, yeah, I, I that can't be freaking good. Um. So Neil Joker attacks the GCPD, uh, and 
Oh no, we did that. We're on. Is- we should be on issue five by now. Yeah. So Napier's medication becomes ineffective. Yeah, this is where Harley is training Joker in one of my favorite right here looking panels where she's, she's just all she's she's happy. <laughs> Look at the little the scars that she has on her. But right here, he's like, "I'm a councilman now." Oh, she's like, "Don't people. hit me in the face." She's like, "Why?" She's like, "I'm a councilman now." What are you talking about? Put your running and go put on your makeup. Unless you forgot how to or something like that. I know. Yeah. I know you didn't forget how to. That's the next page. Oh yeah, right here. Don't tell me Don't... you forgot how. And then, oh, I loved, I love these Batman walking downstairs to shout. I don't know why, His but cape he... has like a collar on it, right? Like that's another little add on <laughs> to this thing. He has like this bit of a cool, yeah. co- cool boy collar, which I really dug. Um, and yeah, he. When when he's approached by his Bat family, they're legit like, yo, bro, this is the way to do it. We got to do this GP, G, GTO thing. He is not with it. He refuses. He actually tells him, hell no, right? Basically, he's like, <laughs> never or something like that. Um, and even though he deduces... Oh, yeah. No chance in hell. Even though he deduces that there might be something up with Clayface, it might be something up with Neo Joker, it might be something up with, uh, you know, everybody else... It doesn't hide the fact that the other stuff he does, it, the other stuff is also true. Batman is being reckless. Batman is breaking things. Batman is not communicating with other people. He's not letting them in. Um, and the, the, the fear of losing Alfred strengthens his isolation. He doesn't want to know his Bat family anymore because he's scared of losing them. Which I think is, uh, that's canonical in Batman all the, all the way around, right? Uh... Yeah, but Napier's medication becomes ineffective, making him peri- periodically revert into the Joker. It's the scariest thing because <laughs> he he'll just be talking, and then the next panel is just his full on face with him as a oh, Joker. I How do you like the two colored it. eyes? I love it. It's all conflicting. It's duality. It's a Gemini. But what I love is when he turns into Joker and does the laugh. As soon as he goes back to Jack, you see him coughing up blood and the bloodstained lips. Pain. It he, like it hurt his him face is like this figure. Like he has these like X scars. Like you know, like every time you see the X scar, you, you're supposed that to know stress, that. Like yeah. it's like a stress thing. Like you could see the stress in his face. Oh my gosh! I even love how like how a Nightwing is telling him like, "Yo, Joker beat you. Joker became the hero Which I don't you want." I don't believe that either one of them is 100% right. Because Batman's like, oh, yeah, you love this, don't you? <laughs> like, you love that I'm the villain. Because you want me to make the, you want make, you want to make me the villain in your life. And so you're happy that Joker made me the villain of Gotham. And I'm not either one, basically. And, and, and he basically walks out on his, on his, on his family, on his Bat family. But let's talk about, um, that whole, like, freeze ray. Because he, you got, when Batman, when Napier starts to go back to Joker, he also starts to realize that that's the only way that he's ever going to be. Um, that's the only way she's ever going to stop. Neo Joker will not stop unless um, Jack hands himself over. And not only does Jack hand himself over, but Jack as the Joker. Jack in the Joker persona hands himself over. Um, but we also can't bring up the, the ice cannon without... How they got the plans, yeah, the tunnel, yeah, they got, breaking was, into Wayne Manor. That's and not only did they break into Wayne Manor. What I love is when Batman was talking about, he's like, they broke into a room that I've never seen before. Yeah, like how? How is there how a room, there a room that? Before, yeah, yeah, like that's what he's basically. It's like I've never even knew that this room existed, and but they also, broke into it. You also got billionaire Bruce Wayne acting like a a uh, punk. <laughs> yo, he can't. He can't act like he's Batman, so he just shows up in like him 90s. in this pink, the pink robe with the white. Uh, 
the white frills on the side. Like, what is yeah, going got, on? He's got himself a little nighty, which is kind of His facial expressions, like if he's screaming, like if he saw a mouse. Like, yeah, it's terrible. Um, yeah, but let's get to the oh, get, looks... get to where they get to where they team up. Get to where they put uh, Bruce and Batman on the same thing because that's you got to go to the arrest. Oh, no, that, that's what this whole thing is. is um, yeah. All right, so what was going down was is they just broke uh, – uh, Harley, uh, Harley, Neil Harley, Ivy, and Mad Hatter have schematics from Wayne Manor. Yes. So now the GTO is after them. Yep. Now Batman is also after them. Yep. But in that whole um, kerfuffle, a bridge collapse. And that's why I wanted to bring up. Now you see why the Batman disaster fund is three billion dollars a year because an entire bridge collapsed, as well as blowing up a cargo ship. That's when Gordon's like, "Nah, nah, man. Batman is now a super criminal. He is no longer a vigilante in the eyes of the GCPD." Yeah, and that that starkly reminded me of the uh, animated series. You know, like, nah, that's a wrap. We I'm can't going, do that. I'm bringing this all down. Uh, a determined Gordon is a scary Gordon. Shattered visions lie on a sand. Yep. But get me to um, Napier uh, and Batman. Uh, Napier and Batman is definitely on the issue, same page. Issue six, because this issue five is when uh, Batman finds out that Fre- the Freeze family is actually supervillains. Nazis. And, yep, Nazis that used I was to work say on they the weren't Man. Supervillains are Nazis, but I mean, uh, tomato, tomato. In a in a, <laughs> in a sense, you have your villains, and then you have your Nazis. You know. You can be anybody doesn't get cared if they get called a criminal. Like, oh, you're a criminal. Eh, crime is uh, subjective. You're a Nazi. I'm not. I'm not a Nazi, man. Like, what you, <laughs> hey, man, what are you saying, man? That's, like, a, that's crossing the line. That's crossing the line, man. Call a white person a Nazi, bro. It's they. They will get so defensive. They're like a dog in a corner, man. Now, Joker and Batman working together though. That little car ride. Yo, oh my God, that's right. Uh, oh Night, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nightwing. Don't miss that. When, Night, when Nightwing had to. Yo, say. Nightwing cracks him and says, "I'm not helping you. I'm helping Gotham." Straight yeah. up. Because, uh, yeah, he comes up, he's like, yo, thank you guys for helping me. You made the right decision. Crack. Listen, sir, you're going to calm that down right now. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Oh, but that's another thing. Oh, to, wait, to, this to, is uh, the, to arrest that, Batman, they need to come, they decide that we're going to, that the Batmobile is basically a, mo- a roving supercomputer. So the only way to take out Batman would be to, to uh, EMP. Uh, yeah, to enact an EMP. But every other car would be affected by that if that was the case. Except Dick remembers that Bruce has an old enough car that doesn't have any of those tech in it. And he p- brings out the Batman, the Batmobile from 1989-1992. My friend noticed it when I was showing him this chase scene. He's like, is that the Michael Keaton Batmobile? Yeah, I'm like, that 100%. is the Michael Keaton Batmobile. 100%. Good call. Love letter to all media of Batman and in this case. And I, I wrote it down. I'm, I, I, I think I wrote it down. Did I? That this was one of the best, best chase scenes I've ever read. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Yep. This is one of the coolest chase scenes I've ever read. It's tense. They turned it's... the lights on on him. He's blind. They turned the lights off on him. Now he's Gordon's disoriented. Gordon's driving blindfolded for half of it. Because he has that, like, that autopilot, st- the autopilot yeah. on. Like, oh. He's, like, he's blindfolded for half of it. I thought that was very interesting. And then they then they finally get his ass. and it, it... All right. The fight between him and Joker was so... Well, yeah, because it, it becomes man on man, basically mano y mano, as they say. But this is this is a uh, this is a, a Batman who's right. He's just been disoriented. He's probably still dazed and seeing those like sunspots all over. And then this man who's been training. Because remember Harley, I think it was also stated in this book that Harley Quinn was cha- was training. Um, I think it was a Joker. She was training a uh, Joker uh, to fight Batman. Not that of uh, the. Um, uh, guards at Arkham Asylum. 
Oh, but uh, against without their, will. their against, against their will, will yeah. yeah. So it's kind of funny wow. that like Harley would be the only kind of person that would be able to go toe to toe with Batman. I kind of and in, in when she was talking to him about this training, he says that he wants to be trained to fight Batman, and she's like, Batman though, he's Batman. But he doesn't care. And in this fight, I guess just out of emotion, maybe just because of no, this the is blood straight, in his eyes. This is straight emo. It was the same fight that he had with Bane in Dark Knight Rises. This yeah. isn't a calculated fight. This isn't a fight that I need to win. This is a fight where I want to lose. That's what that's what I see here. And he's fighting against himself in many ways because he, you know, he's already had the conversation with Harley. So that means I have to ask this question. Is Batman's refusal to see Joker as redeemed justified? No. Um, and... Uh, it isn't. It isn't. It's always going to be layered because how many people, how many people can you kill before you finally say, "I don't think you can be redeemed." Is there a is there a number? Can yeah. you put a number on how many people someone can kill and, before and you is, say, "Are you and, redeemable?" And the question after that becomes, how, "Who are you to put the number?" See why it's so exactly everything. So man. The, I guess it's a double sided question because I guess the full question is: Is Batman's refusal to see Joker as redeemed justified, or is it so it? doesn't break his internal logic sensors like what happens to batman's logic if joker is not a villain you know he needs joker to be a villain yeah but because but if joker's joker not a villain what does that make him but it's crazy because shouldn't batman need to see someone be redeemed well shouldn't that be the purpose but I of think, batman but i think joker may be the straight edge joker may be the, the exception, tolerance. the rule, no, the, the exception to the rule, the rule, the rule, the rule. He's the measuring stick. Yes, That's they, uh, the goalpost. He's, he's the, the goalpost. Yes, and so as long as you fall short of the goalpost, you're good. But Batman will always keep and pushing Joker, that goalpost. Joker will be the one. No, Joker, and Joker pushes, Joker the goal, pushes, pushes the it from top. But also now you can see here that Batman is refusing to even kick the ball near the goalpost. He's like, yeah. I know the goalpost is there. It is fifty yards away. It will always be fifty yards away, no matter how many times I kick. That goalpost is always going to be. Gonna able be... to count on Joker being bad. He needs to be able to count on Joker being bad. And what happens when he isn't? What What does that mean? And how does he error, respond? Error, 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 error. He tries to fight a man bare knuckled uh, on the roof and loses. But it's but it's so crazy because he. It's like I feel like Joker. Look at he's. He, what was that Batman that's headbutting him, or that's Joker that's headbutting him? Because that's, that's Joker. Just cra- that's, that's Joker. That's Joker that's headbutting. So not yeah. only does he hit him with a headbutt, now he manages to unhook his bat, the bat clip, the the utility and belt, choke him out. <laughs> and choke him out with his own utility. Now this I definitely wrote here that this is one of my favorite shits I've ever seen. And that that image oh there with him God. no pants. Looks what like, have I done? That looks like Suicide Squad Joker. With just the pants and no shirt and, and thing. But th- th- that yeah. I thought about this moment for decades. I've always wondered what it'd be like to see you vulnerable and broken. But then the remorse, the guilt, and the anger hits. He starts him. to cry. Oh my God! What have I done? Yeah, I've I've broken the bat. I didn't want Joker wanted this. I didn't want to break the bat. I just wanted to prove that I could you, be that, good. In a moment of goodness, I could be good, and in the moment, I beat you down. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's it's a, it, the mirror's up. You know, and he, he's trying to deny what he sees in it, but it's up. Um, Look at just fire carrying him. Yeah, and then he just gives him with the fireman's carry. Yeah, he demands that um, no one knows who he is yet because he kept, he kept his deal. That was the deal that bo- he that, kept with Barbara and and Nightwing. They said we they will help you bring time. him in, but you can't take that mask off. That's not fair. He said he will, but later. And they've all agreed to okay later, not right off. Not the bat. As, not as soon as like you know, 
Yeah, but like like we were talking about, the medication still not working, and it's 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 a little bit faded. So we're at a point now where Napier is constantly reverting back to the Joker, and with this freeze ray, um, we now need them to be on the same page. So with them on the same page, you know, Napier decides he's going to free Batman, so long as uh they help stop Neo Joker and. Napier will confess to all the crimes so long as Harleen is not brought down for any of it. Yes. Which is also a bit of a um uh altruistic motive for Joker. Usually he's not that giving, right? Or just Batman is a is just another guy that's horny and says, "You know what, pretty girl, she just shouldn't go to jail." <laughs> well, Napier he he's Napier does not want Harley to go down for the crime, so that's a little bit of sweetness there. Napier, Batman, and the GTO organize an assault on the freeze ray, piloting a fleet of Batman's Batmobiles. Because Batman's like, oh, yeah, by the way, y'all driving like the trash stuff. Because initially, they were just using Bat Tech to upgrade their GCPD cars, right? Yeah. And then he straight up gave them Batmobiles for this run in, uh, this run to stop Neo Joker and the gun. Which is also very reminiscent of Batman Forever, where they're all driving down in different vehicles, in the ice. Yep. Everything's covered in ice, and I think there's like a, there's like a bat ski and a bat car and a bat. <laughs> and Chris O'Donnell says Cowabunga. Or holy rusted metal Batman. Oh, yeah. I've man. I you know part there. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to. I always try and forget that he ever said that in in Forever because I like Forever, yeah. but I always have to like push that one line to the back of my head. It's all holy. Here's a good moment. During the assault, Joker and Batman talk. Napier attempts his hardest to focus on Joker's memories and recalls that Jason Todd is alive. That was a great one. Because this is all in se- yeah, He gets apprehended in 6. Well, because so Batman's go like, seven. you need to figure out what happened. And he's like, I, I don't know. And he's like, no, you need to sit here and think your hardest and come up with an answer. In, um, according to Jack, Joker knows where he is. But he just doesn't want to tell him. Jack. And in thinking about it, Jack ends up coming to the realization that Joker was so jealous of Robin, not only for getting close to Bruce, but for finding out who Bruce Wayne, that Bruce Wayne was Batman, that he kidnaps Joker, uh, sorry, Robin, and attempts to murder him. Uh, Just out of pure jealousy, which causes Harley to leave and then go get Batman. It's a whole thing. When Batman comes back, there's no body. When Batman comes back, there's no body. So we're led to believe that, that Jason is dead. We uh they they even buried uh you know they had an empty casket burial for Jason Todd so um look at this man that's if that's not the saddest panel in the world yeah it's pretty damn that's bad. the saddest he's I wish I never met Bruce Wayne yeah um and so Joker knew that Batman was Bruce Wayne. Moving forward. And then Jack finds out that Batman is Bruce Wayne when he eventually does the entire, um, what is it called? The GCPD. uh, When he goes and finds out about the Batman fund, that's when he finds out that Batman is Bruce Wayne because he realizes that the person that's been paying for everything in their taxes, for the most part, has been Bruce Wayne. And so they look at each other. They give each other a look because now Batman has realized that his greatest nemesis knows his identity. But it doesn't seem to... There's nothing they can do about it now. <laughs> They're literally fighting Neo-Joker, right? Yeah. And so... But this... Alright, but this is what broke me. Jason Todd isn't killed here. No, that's what he said. Jason Todd... Uh, he left Jason Todd to live. 
And um, but the thing was, Jason Todd hated him so much that he will rather Bruce thought he was dead than ever let him find him. Yeah, like that's what's great about the imagery here is that for the most part, when Batman is depicted, you you're they draw him with white eyes. I think it makes him less human. And in this scene where he's being told that Jason's alive, you can actually see his eyes through the cowl. See what the cursor is. See where my cursor is on the mask. Yeah, he's crying there. It looks weird because you're not used to seeing eyes through the cowl. Um, on Batman, he's supposed to be emotionless, but you, like you said, his eyes are glassing over because he's legitimately sad. So that's yeah, it's just him tearing up, knowing that Jason's so alive. Jason's and... out and about. We got a sequel to this. We don't know if he comes back. You know, uh, so let's maybe one day we can cover Curse of the White Knight. That's one of the things. That's one of the things to keep in mind if you ever go to Curse of the White Knight is that Jason's alive. Seemingly, we just don't know where he's at. Um. Well, that's another thing that he also said that was kind of heartbreaking, too, was that basically in this torture session, he made Bat- Robin regret wanting to ever be Robin, which is where you get the I wish I never met Bruce Wayne thing. And that's the saddest part of it. It's one thing for Bruce to feel guilty for bringing these guys in, but for a kid to be like, I should have never like, even like why did I even try that? robbing your hubcaps that night? <laughs> yeah, 100%. It's like I should have robbed somebody else's hubcaps that night. Um, Batman races through the Gotham tunnels with Napier, who is reverted back to Joker. The GTO bests Neo Joker's forces and reverses the freeze ray, flooding the tunnels. Overpowering Neo Joker, Joker re- releases Clayface and undoes the mind control. With Batman protecting him from Clayface, Joker and Quinzel pursue Neo Joker in the Batmobile. Um, Nape. Oh, so yeah, you're, this is probably a good part for you, right? So Neo Joker, uh, sorry, Joker. And Harley are in the Batmobile chasing after Neo Joker when suddenly Joker reverts back to Jack. And that's, how Jack the, that's how the comic ends. And Jack, no, Jack tells Harley that he loves her. Oh, you know, I'm thinking I'm still on seven with where they're driving down and Joker's yeah. like, oh, I won't be pretending. Now we're basically halfway in eight. So. Um, See, I've never done the whole trying to. It's hard. <laughs> this, the, this read through. I'm trying to do this read through while we're talking, but it's like we're not doing like a panel by panel, issue by issue synopsis. We're just legit going through this as if we were reviewing a movie. Yes. So trying to like keep up with like, instead with, of going scene by scene, yeah, hundred percent. Just try to take the ideas from the scenes. Yeah, it's hard. Um, because I just want to be able to that I have the panels with me so I can uh use them as references for any line that I need. Because oh. <laughs> I don't want to do like say things like not like how accurate. it was. Re- yeah, I don't yeah. want to be ac- I want to be accurate so with it. We're at the point. We're at the point where Harley and um, Joker are driving and trying to chase down after. Oh no, that shit! Sh- oh yeah, the chasing down the and tunnel. So he reverts. She he reverts back to Jack, and for a moment, Jack and uh, Harley are able to have a moment of what would you call that? A moment of clarity? Not a moment of clarity. No, nah, that's only for alcoholics, right? Uh. They had a moment. They had they they had their little. They had their final romantic encounter. Well, not final. Well, what seemed to be what seemed to have been final. What seems to be final, like he's like yeah, because like the the gap is closing and they're both driving, and it seems to be uh, only space for a very small vehicle, not the vehicle thing that is, they're is in. Clayface is still chasing them. That's so it's the it's Clayface being chasing them while they're chasing Neo Harley while they're while everyone is trying to get out before the tunnel doors close yeah. and everyone gets flooded. Yes, and Neo Harley. Um, has a vehicle that is small enough to get through. And so she offers a seat on her vehicle to Joker, telling Harley, if you love him, you'll let him escape with me and live. And she almost does, 
But Joker's like, nah, screw that. I love you enough to save you. And Jack, seemingly in his last moments, saves Harleen. That, did that surprise you at all? No. I feel like it's it like, as f- now that we're on eight and we're basically at like the last pages of eight, anything like goodness that's coming from Joker and Harley it, at this point should you be convinced? expected. Yeah, I'm convinced. Okay. I'm convinced that he, that, that those pills help rehabilitate. You're dealing with a different man now. You're not dealing with Especially the same person. Especially since this is not, you know, our 52 Joker. I can buy that this Joker would want to be rehabilitated at least. Give it a shot. <laughs> try it out. Everybody should try out Sanity once in a while. I think so. Uh, buh, 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 buh. yeah. Nap- Napier returns and professes his love for Quinzel. Approaching the f- closing floodgate, Napier launches Quinzel through the gap in the bat cycle, causing him to crash. I thought he was dead. Quinzel beats and apprehends Neo Joker and saves Napier. Um, that is actually the one of the rawest moments in this story. One of the rawest moments in this story is the confrontation between both Harleys, where. Um, our professional Harleen Quinzel stabs Neo Harley in the shoulder. Yeah, that whole stab, it got really, really bloody towards this part. Like, and I thought she was going to kill her. It was raw. It was, it was, it was raw. It was guttural. Um, you know, she gets away and, but this is also a Harley who thinks that Joker's dead. That's why she's so murderous in this moment. She thinks that Joker has been killed. Um, and then she gets it on the radio, like that he's alive. Ah, he's Joker's like, alive, because... and she's like, "Oh yeah, okay." And so she brings her in. Yeah, because <laughs> you see nothing else. Like you see nothing else from there. It just goes straight yeah, back bring, to the docks. Yeah, she brings her in. She brings her in, and she's fine. You see her? Yep. Healthy. Put in with the little heart rubs. I lo- Man, the lettering in this is awesome. Confessing to his crimes, um, Napier surrenders and is granted a nicer Arkham cell and a wedding. To Quinzel as he finishes his vows. We gotta talk about all that. That was a that. Oh man, I can't believe they did a wedding in fucking uh, in uh, Arkham Asylum. First, let's talk about this new cell. So he was given a new cell. His old cell was literally littered from top to bottom with Batman memorabilia. Remember this? Yes, yes. And he's like, he has like on his knees. I know you see he's like one cowl here, a big poster there. So he That's says, where he learned how to be. What is that? What does that mean? He said he learned how to be Joker there. And Batman doesn't even understand that because he later acts as Harley and Harley doesn't answer, which leads me to believe we're set to find out what that's all about in the next story. How did his cell teach him how to be Joker? What does that mean? What is that? And why would he want to go back to his same cell? Isolation. The isolation, the walls. Uh, I've never been in solitary confinement. I Do you think I would hope a metaphor that... for the for the men, the mm-hmm. mental state that he was in. He mm-hmm. found his mental state I, of Joker think, in that in Arkham Asylum. Think of it like this: you know, you know how they can tell a person is a serial killer when they're children if they hurt animals. Yeah, that was always been one of the tall tale signs of a serial killer. If anybody can just look at a bird, and have crack no it's conscious, crack. have no conscious, but yeah, he he learned how to how to like to completely suppress his morality being isolated. Think of it. Think of it like this. If let's say that this is the Joker that's under that's the Red Hood Joker. Let's just say that this is a Red Hood Joker. Okay. That would mean that the very first time the Joker was ever arrested and brought in would be after his wife is dead, after his daughter's dead. He was already have to still do the stupid um uh thing from the mob, try and explain to Batman that he's a good guy. 
gets dumped into the vat of toxic waste and now so has might, to live with his life yeah, as... It could, it could be like the, the repetitive nature of the criminal system is what taught me how to be a criminal. Yeah. Kind of sense. Especially gonna, since, think, think of how many times... Remember, this is Joker's specific cell. How many times have you, has he escaped not only on his own, but by somebody else's hands? Yeah, so that's why I say... That's why, to me, it's weird that he would be attached to any cell. But he's seemingly attached to that one, so we got to figure out what the hell that's Got to learn how to be a criminal, man. Um, how do you feel about this wedding? How do you feel about the, the vows? How do you feel about him basically becoming Joker to do his I do? I just want to know... Like, I just hope she's not dead. Hope he doesn't, like, kill her or, like, something. No, well, he's back in prison. She seems to be laughing. No, he was laughing. No, right here, like, look at that smirk. She seems to have, like, either that or it's, like, drawn right here. But she kind of looks like she has, like, one of those, like, condescending, I knew it, like, I was right type of l- smiles. I think it, I think that that look there is, like, well, it was good while it lasted. You know? It, it, at the very height of his Jack persona being nice you know being loving and all that kind of stuff right you get this moment where it's seemingly happily ever after she could marry jack in this moment and walk out and whatever happens to joker post her walking out it was what it was she married jack but even right there in that moment right there at the end of the tunnel where you see the light and you have jack and harley together joker still pops up Joker still finds his way to get in the middle in between them. And I think that that's what that was. Or that's at least how, how I read it. But um, using uh, Napier's remaining funds, Quinzel begins restoring backport. Confronting Quinzel, Batman reveals that she manufactured the Joker's medication. That's that's why I wanted to bring... Thank God I reminded myself how, how Harley is ending up being like... The one with purpose? The one uh, giving everyone purpose. Because not only did the Neil Harley give, in a sense, purpose, but now you have... It confirmed Harley Quinn put all of this shit in motion. Yeah, and I, what I like is that Batman says that you're smart enough. And because he knows that she's smart enough. She has a PhD. She's a doctor. She legit is an actual like yeah, psychiatrist. Like one hundred percent. She she is not stupid at all. Exactly. And so it's like okay, so you created all the you you orchestrated these events, um, so that he would get there. You're and the when, one that recorded me beating up back, Joker. When you go back to issue one, she's the one recording. And I don't There's know no why I didn't about see it because of the, the red the coat, jacket. Yeah, the coat, the hair, it's all there. But you're not meant to see it until you are. There's no reason for you, while reading issue one, for you to believe that that woman is Harley Quinn. Because you've only seen Harley Quinn look so many ways. And that's why when you see the Harley Quinn look the most familiar, the Suicide Squad Harley Quinn, you, you just give into it. But the problem with all... The, what the problem was is we don't get this looking red jacket duster Harley Quinn till like all the way into the book. Yeah. Because before then, she has all these other outfits on. Yeah. By now issues eight, she has this red duster, and no now you're remembering. The same red holy crap! You're, yup, man. It's she orchestrated all of this, and it's beautiful. And she even says it's like you know, you two, have been, you two are gonna kill each other. I needed something. And the only, that's another revelation he gives is that he tells her that he didn't figure this out. Joker told her. Joker told him that Harley would, is the one that did all this. So Quinzel explains that she did it to break their stalemate before they both destroyed Gotham. They were both too obsessed. And knowing them both the closest, she felt like she needed to create a scenario in which it set them on different paths, not paths into each other. Or I like each it. Other. Two of the most enigmatic personalities in Gotham, or should I say three? Because, Connie her? I mean, I guess if 
maybe I would like since they've I've been given other villains and other heroes that I do want to see other villains and other heroes. But I guess you can't have Gotham City without Batman, Joker, and Harley. And even now in these Elseworld stories, it's showing how much Batman is now becoming on the other side of the law by the eyes of of, of, of a new age generation. In, in that Joker story as well, you know. Um, so yeah, she's definitely getting tied into all of this. Uh, so meeting with Gordon, oh, that's when, you know, he, she, he still tells her, well, he, what's the last thing he tells her before she walks away? He tells her something. He asks her a question. Oh, there it is. Do you think Napier's really gone? And she just walks away and smiles. Yeah. Um. She's going to do what she can to get him back. I wholeheartedly believe it. Yes. Uh, so meeting with Gordon, Batman gives him the keys to the original Batmobiles for the GTO and confesses that Napier was right about him. Revealing that he's realized that he's been taking pressure in pleasure in harming criminals and that he allowed himself to go too far in his war against crime, Bruce Wayne, as the Batman, unmasks himself in front of Gordon to earn back his trust. What do you think about that ending? That's a big that's a that was, ending of the story. That's a great freaking ending, honestly. What a way to end it. What a perfect way to end it. I do think that Gordon deserves that. I do oh, think 100. that Gordon deserves... Of all people you're telling me you can't trust Gordon? Gordon... Uh, even Duke said it. Like, I trust Gordon. I don't trust any cops. But I know Gordon is trying to, like, help us. Even if no one will help give... Gordon, what did he, say? he said Gordon is trying to do the best with the limited resources he has. Like us trying to do the best with the limited resources we have. And the thing is, Hardy's getting a lot... Is, is, is still, despite, you know, the failed uh, attempt at, at congressman... Is still getting a lot of favorable, you know, attention in Backport because she's using the money uh, to help rebuild it. So it won't be easy to—I mean, it won't be hard to pick it, pick this up right back up where we had it. You know, it would not be hard at all to 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 continue this story. And it wasn't hard because they did continue the story in Curse of the White Knight. And hopefully we'll be talking about that one soon. But honestly, you, you, at this point, you know that if it's on the docket, I'm going to end up requesting it. We're, we're <laughs> going to end up throwing it down. And we've been covering all of DC's Black Label, basically. So might 100%. as well just keep going. How do you feel about this whole backport, you know, the Narrows, whatever, versus the Gatekeepers thing? How do you how do you feel about, like, Gotham's only has the elite? Well, and... now that I see that this is a I, – I, I hate – I would hate to use this, but I'm going to use it. Now that I see that this comic book came out in a – post-Trump era, okay. it's it's very much like, you know, apparent that um, lower class people are going to want to rise up against the upper establishment and it's going to well, be know, in our funny, comics. But they didn't, they didn't take it to the easy conclusion, right? Because the easy conclusion was, would have been that Joker is is a, a scumbag who is using his ability to sweet talk to get power and give it to the wrong people. Oh, no, he's just right? using like a, his knowledge like a, of Joker. Like if, if this was on the nose anymore, that's what would have happened. True, And true. I'm glad that that's not what happened. Oh, no, I'm, it, I'm had depth, we were, it had nuance, yeah. I'm, I'm glad we weren't given the story of, you know, smooth-talking politician. It's not, really, it's not really in your favor. We know. We know. <laughs> it happens. We get no, it. No, we need the smooth-talking politician that actually is a murderous psychopath that's trying to rehabilitate himself. Well, he's seen the worst of the worst, right? If anything, he should know. Yeah, and now it becomes that the Joker is the devil they know. Well, Jack Napier is becoming the devil they know, and the Batman's the devil yeah, they, they don't. don't and that's exactly, and that that happened somewhere. Oh, I can't remember. It might have been Spider Man or something where somebody met, was like, "You, this is me. You know me. 
Do you know who that person is? You don't know who that person is. Is they in the mask? If they really gave a damn, they'd show themselves, but they don't. So I guess you're gonna have to deal with me. And that's 100%, you know, what's going on here. Um, really, really love this book. Is there anything else you want to say about it before we wrap things up here? Total recommend to all of our vi- all of our listeners, all of our viewers. Yes, Total definitely. recommendation. I'm actually going to be linking the comic story in, um, to those who might be a little bit trepidatious uh, in reading the story. I'm going to link the comic story in. Um, oh, yeah, guys. Comics synopsis. historian and comics explained, guys. Like, I, I would love to shout them out because if you need to, like, Really digest the story. They're the perfect ones to help digest the story. Yeah, and hopefully you guys can get the same enjoyment. Well, a level of the same enjoyment that we got out of reading this. And next time you guys could be on, you know, on the same book that we're on. Reading it when we read it. And then you guys can come in and give us your uh, thoughts and opinions. But speaking of thoughts and opinions, we have thoughts and opinions on everything, Dan. We Literally almost every single comic book movie that's come out in the last two years, we have an episode of the podcast for. Almost every comic book television show that's come out, we have a podcast for it. These DC books, these Marvel books, from the past, present, and future, we've talked about We've covered about politically it. acclaimed, super maligned. Like... Yes, all of it. From the bad, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the Snyder. We've done it all. You stop, here. sir. We've done it all here as part of the Major Issues Podcast, and we're the official podcast of comicbookclick.com. So if you thank you so much for listening to this episode, but I don't know how you found it, to be honest. I don't know. Everyone finds it different ways. So I can only point you back to the one spot that I know that you can go to find even more content just like this. And that's comicbookclick.com, the official home of the Major Issues Podcast. And the Major Issues Podcast is also available wherever podcasts are found. That's Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, the Apple Podcast app, YouTube, Google Podcasts. Um, it's, in t- it's in the Apple directories. So wherever you listen to your podcast, whatever app that you have, Type in major issues and we'll be the first ones to pop up. Or like I said, and I say all the time, you can Google us. We're Googleable. You just We're go Googleable? To, just go to that search bar. Type in major issues podcast and we are the first ones we're to always pop up. We're autofill now. We're on autofill. Yeah, major issues podcast is autofilled. I think we're the, I think I want to, I wanted to get to the point that we're like the first five links, our various links to us screw the actual major issues in the world when people look up major issues i want them to come to my podcast about people in underwear and capes with their underwear outside their pants because you got to escape sometimes you just got to escape the real sometimes world you learn real lessons in these in these books oh 100 100 i i have learned more about how to be a boyfriend and how to be in a relationship from reading mr miracle <laughs> and um uh and sex vision criminals. and sex criminals oh sex my god criminals. sex sex criminals guys go back and listen to us talk about <laughs> sex criminals oh, sex criminals you know those last couple issues will be coming out soon that's, that's what i'm saying that's so finishing. we're gonna have to cover so, that yeah, too man, all of that stuff is available wherever podcasts are found um so i told you how to find us but now i'm gonna show you how you could talk to us communicate with us get us to know what you feel about these comic books the comic news uh, all the stuff that happens. And you can find George's us- number is 917. Oh, my God. <laughs> you can find us uh, across all social media at facebook.com slash comicbookclick, Instagram at comicbookclick, or use the hashtag comicbookclick to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. All those links are in the show notes, and those links are also at comicbookclick.com. You can even go to comicbookclick.com. Am I lying? Every single episode has a comment section. You can literally comment. You don't want to go to our email. You don't want to go to our social Just media. Just comment on our podcast. Literally comment on comicbookclick.com on an episode that you like, dislike, let us know. And guess what? I'll tell you this, Dan, and I put this out there. I put this as a challenge for our readers. 
If you comment on any episode, I will read that comment on the next episode of this podcast, regardless if it has anything to do with what we're talking about. Because I want your voice to be heard the same way our voices are heard. One stop, one place, the Major Issues Podcast. I want you guys to make George say rubber baby buggy bumper. Do Please it. make this man say rubber baby buggy Do bumper. Do it. Let me know what's up. Let me know what you guys are thinking. Next week, we will be tackling Harley Quinn as a character to get ready for, in two weeks, our Birds of Prey review. So everything is coming up, Harley. So make sure that you guys are ready because heads are going to roll this. Uh... Heads will roll. Oh, my God. I love that song. I love <laughs> that damn song. Uh, Yeah. Heads are going to roll. So get ready, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Oh, and I told you to comment. I told you to like. I told you to search us up on Google. But the thing I need you guys to really do is rate and review us on iTunes. It's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and us to find out what you guys like and don't like about the show. We're over 110 episodes at this point, so we're thinking things are going pretty well. <laughs> Damn, 120 weeks. Yeah, 120 baby. weeks we've been bananas, doing this strong. Bananas, bro. I don't I don't think I've had a commitment to anything as much as I've had a commitment to this. Dude, I don't even have underwears for two weeks. I can, like, That's what? It. Inside, outside, bro. I, we'll talk about it after the show. <laughs> but, but anyway, yes, rate and review us on iTunes. And you know what? We'll read those reviews right here. You guys have been coming in gangbusters. I'm not going to lie. The numbers have been surprising me. I think we're uh, close. We're closing in on 7,000 downloads overall for the show, which is astronomical. The idea that anybody past the person sitting immediately in front of me would listen to me for longer than an hour is touching. So you guys keep doing what you do, and we'll keep doing what we do. That's our commitment to you. Make sure you stay committed to us, and we'll stay uh, a click. We'll stay a group, and we'll stay uh, worthy. I and that's so. the winger guarantee. Ain't it, though? But my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I am Dan, the comic book man. And this has been our Batman, the White Knight, recap and review. And remember, whether or not the real you is the you that's medicated, whether or not the real you is the you that's completely insane and wants to cut the throat of a robin, whether you want to fake your own death, think that you should be held to a higher standard, or just want to join the GTO, remember, good and bad are subjective. Remember that we're the click, and remember you, yes, you are worthy. <laughs>